I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Anyway, now it's awkward, but, um... Welcome to an episode... Fuck. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you fuckers bullshit. <laughs> I shot him six times! Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Very Unreasonable Things. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Bone, joined by, in person, Josh Lindsay. Howdy, howdy. And Daniel Sanders. Hello. And this is the first time that we've all been in the same room together to record. But you wouldn't know it through your excitement level. Because you're a dick. Anyway. Wait, did you just call the listener a dick? It's no, my brother, man. Josh. That is Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Shout out to Michael. Answer. Yeah. Anyway, Bones, obviously thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be doing this. You could tell in the, the Octavian's My name is Josh. No, but this is special. This is this the first is special, time. very special it's episode. It's the first time. It's I our mean, first time doing this in person, so we're going to probably ejaculate in our pants within 10 minutes. I mean, me and Daniel have done it. keep jerking each other me off. Me and Daniel did an episode together. We're like ASMR slash podcast, okay? Mm. You can go to sleep to our podcast. That's a fact. No. <laughs> no truer words. So. Oh, yeah. What are we here for? Well, that's what I was about to ask. And usually about the time when I try to segue into the next thing, Josh's like, hold on a minute, man. Let's, uh, let's slow down and let's caress her ball sacks and um, yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's drag this breathe. out. Let's you never want to let it breathe. You just want to fucking no, I, floor play. I assume that not everybody has three hours of time every time they sit down, you know, and. Josh complains about sometimes recording back-to-back episodes, but has no problem making a Lord of the Rings epic every time we record. Well, I, 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 it's fair to say I listen to more podcasts yeah, than y'all do, do and I, I know which one. I'm the one that introduced you to podcasts. You are. You and then you immediately quit hey, listening. Daniel invented podcasts. <laughs> I to one episode previously. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm telling you. People, people, it's. Bone comes at it through a robotic angle, you know. <laughs> Josh will say, "Let's stretch it out and talk about some more stuff." And then you go, "Um, you know, uh, kisses." Well, if you're doing your job editing, then look, motherfuckers don't know that. Look in the mirror and <laughs> give kisses to the mirror. <laughs> so, anyways, Josh, what do we? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to quit. What are we talking about this episode, Josh? We are. This is the second entry in our. Um, <laughs> I did it. I did it. I noticed it now. I noticed it now. Yeah. I, mean, I noticed it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to do that at least 36 more times. We are talking about. I, I was trying to think of a name for this. Um, this journey that we're going on. It'll come to you about 40 episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. When we're done. Like the I Gore 4. The Gore 4. I mean, 
Hey, no, no, I'm just spitballing here. Just, but this is on the gore form. I say yay. Yeah. Well, I'm indifferent. And you're outvoted. So gore four it the is. Gore four. Until next episode when he comes up with something different and it sounds better, you're going to be like, damn, I already voted for gore four. Whores <laughs> and gore. Whores oh, and we should have named it that. Hey, didn't we cover this movie before? We did back in the early infancy of our podcast. Paired with Halloween too. Yeah, and I think Daniel shows those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and did. We, and we are recovering it again because um, I'm a completist. And yeah, we're going to cover it again because, well, for starters, this is the goddamn seminal movie. Oh, yeah, it's got to be talking about in this little thing we're doing. In, in its entirety. You know, earlier we covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the next one on the list followed. This is going to be Friday the 13th, but today is John Carpenter's so masterpiece. I'm going to Definitely. talk about this movie the way I felt when I was watching it. So when I get to the middle of the podcast, I'm just going to ramble on for 30 minutes about nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, this movie. All right. It slows down. It slows down. It does. Let's... um. Get some information out there. I got a few little facts, very few. Obviously directed by John Carpenter, starring Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, and some other people that can't fucking act. That's not fair. It is. God damn it, I just made that noise. Because of you. I just wanted to say real quick. It is He uh, directed it and wrote the screenplay with Deborah wanted to give him that uh, writing credit. And compose the music. That's right. So much more than a director. Well, actually, I meant to write that down on here, but it is. But anyway, <laughs> the music <laughs> part did. But, no, the acting part, yeah, those other, Lori's friends, they're horrible. I wouldn't say they're horrible. Well, you must But you can definitely tell that there was a different person writing for them. It was no. Deborah Hill. Yeah. No, no, you could tell that one of these people was going to be a star. And the rest of them weren't. We're just goofy yeah. meat. They were going to be go. slaughtered later in the film. So, yeah, it had a budget of between three hundred and three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars and then went on to make 60 to 70 million dollars at the box office. And it comes in at what should be a brisk 91 minutes. But it doesn't feel that way. And when, it was filmed in Southern California, right? Yeah. And wasn't it in like a neighborhood that's got a couple of other famous houses or whatever? I don't know the neighbor, the neighborhood. It, it was Pasadena. It was in Pasadena. Okay. Uh, it wasn't too far from where a Nightmare on Elm Street was filmed. Like that was that whole I couldn't remember the house it was. Yeah. But yeah. Which makes sense. It looks the fucking same when you think about it. Oh, it does. And, you know. Maybe, maybe they did that. In Ohio, nothing like Southern California, really, you know. How do you feel about the movie not being filmed on location? Because that was one of the things, like two of these movies are filmed, at least the first ones anyway, are filmed on like in the state that they're set in, right? Yeah. And then you have two of them that aren't. Which two are? Texas Chainsaw and Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I this, think mean in this franchise. This, this this project we're doing, yeah. It's like what what movies are you talking about? I thought you were talking about the Halloween franchise. No. Because none of them are filmed. No, I was talking about two out of the four are filmed like on location and two of them are filmed in 
Southern California. No, yeah, and that, it's funny because it doesn't bother me that much because, you know, it's like, okay, now you're older, you see these movies, and he's like, that's totally not fucking Ohio. I what the fuck ever. But well, I mean, Friday 13 past that. You know quickly I mean? left the Northeast and never went back. And yeah. in Halloween, it went from Southern California, Northern California to like Utah. And I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. I think I think I think Southern California photographs beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, the neighborhoods are very yeah. very nice. And apparently, it bothers you. I was just asking how you felt about it. Okay. Usually, you're a stickler for these things, but all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, I don't care. They could have filmed it on a green screen." I bet you and George Lucas are best friends, aren't you? <sighs> Look. Hey, George. Do we exchange emails? Yes. <laughs> have we met in person? He's trying real hard. <laughs> he promises. <laughs> I'm like, George, you, you are too thirsty. <laughs> With your fucking turkey neck, you need to sit down. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like the, I like Texas Chainsaw and, and the first Friday 13th being filmed like in the actual state. Because when you go back and watch it, and this isn't the Friday 13th episode, but one of the things that just stood out to me was how real it looks, I guess. And it does here. Like I, cause you know, there's fucking palm trees around the corner or something like that. And you know that they had to filter to get the sky to look the way it Well, does. when we get to Nine on Elm street, there is literally palm yeah. trees, but you yeah. have, you have to, yeah. you have to filter. Like I said, like when you look at the way it was filmed, like it's filtered in a way to make it look like it's autumn up North. Yeah. And, and I was, when I, when I was, Re re rewatching it for this fifth recording, <laughs> I noticed how like I don't know about you, Bone. I know you, Daniel. You you've been near Illinois, yeah. And October thirty first would be cold as yes. fuck. Like it looks like very, a very brisk, cold. a brisk day, like a well, like a fall day in Mississippi, yeah. and. It, so that does throw you for a loop when you're watching it says Haddonfield, Illinois, and you just see these people just Yeah. I've got a I got a light sweater. Yeah. You know, that's fine. And Lori yeah. Strode's walking around in a fucking skirt, you know. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not cold. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. I I do forgive it because that's just where movies were made at, you know. I mean, Back to the Future got away with it because I mean but I get not wanting to set it in California. You want to, you know, middle America. But yeah, I don't. I didn't have a problem with it. No. But I was also super young whenever I watched it. So I really wouldn't look at those things in either. Which is you a know? great segue, Daniel. When was the first time you saw this? Oh. Um, I would have to say probably, I don't know, maybe 92? Maybe. I don't know. That I was early. pretty young when yeah. I started watching horror movies and stuff like that. Did you see it in its entirety? Because I feel like I saw this movie in pieces. I mean, Girl I don't, yeah, I don't know. I was a kid. If I was What would that be? Like seven years old, I'd mm. say? Something like that? Yeah. I mean, I probably watched a lot of it, chunks of it, but I was also seven years old, so I probably ended up doing something. But I think that's my earliest memory of knowing who Michael's going to be and seeing it and shit. Boom. I don't know. I feel like we answered this question before, and now if I answer it again, I'm going to contradict myself. And yeah, I have no idea what I said. Daniel, I said Daniel's, I was feeling this. Daniel's time. brother is going to comment on the, the page, be like, "You motherfuckers said they saw it this age." Yeah, 
then you know call me out it was after i saw halloween 4 pretty sure so was that your first halloween movie i think so yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i think i don't know i think my first halloween movie was in the theater was curse of michael Oh, in theater. Yeah, it was Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, for you too? Yeah, did you watch it in Carthage? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Several too. times. <laughs> That's where I saw yeah. it. Oh, I missed that little theater. I think dude. me and it's Thomas Jice went and saw it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant back then. I was going to say it was a hole then. That's, no, that's where I saw Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I, I don't think I started this franchise off with the first one. I, You know, the Halloween 2. It's what was always playing on AMC. Yeah. During their Halloween marathon. So I remember Halloween too, but this is embarrassing, but maybe the first Halloween movie I saw in its entirety. Entirety. Front to back. Better not say fucking resurrection. H2O. What? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people hate on H2O. I I like it. Why don't you like I was right at the right age, like in my teens. No, no, just in terms of just saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't mean it in like a hateful way. I'm just talking about like, Wow, that's a lot of fucking movies that you didn't even go see. And I know in the theater, like me and you, we didn't even know each other then. Yeah, that's right. And you were sitting beside right each, beside other. each Pro- other. Probably so. Yeah. That's yeah. Sweet. No, I think so. I think so. Halloween, like of this big four, obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the one because of their gaps. Halloween was behind Friday Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. Because they were just so readily available, whether it was USA up all night or just I loved that. Talented choir, like I loved that man. <laughs> well, it's funny because there was that and there was Monster Vision, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, loved uh, both Joe of them. Yeah, yeah, I loved both of those. Where it's like watching these old scary movies, mm-hmm. you know? Like I enjoyed those, but you can yeah. still watch the shit. But I don't. Watch well, you can watch. You can watch Joe Bob on Shutter. Well, I know that. There's saying, no way like, to, to watch like this. Is back when I watched cable TV a lot. I really don't fuck with cable TV or like satellite TV much. I'm streaming some shit. I've said this before. Pay attention if, to it. If they could release up all night with the commercials in the movie in its entirety, I've said it before on this podcast. Inject that shit straight into my vein. You'd be because in I would mainline it. Yes, those yeah. commercials. A lot of those commercials were like one nine hundred. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, because it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But all right, all right. I I, I think this is enough Uh, vamping we're doing. I will, I do have a synopsis. This is weird. This is weird, reading the synopsis in front of you guys in person. You read into front of us on camera? On camera, that's... We're still looking at how goofy you are. Yeah, it's just weird, because now I'm going to like... Y'all are going to hate on me when I emphasize certain things. When I tried to be... Have we ever like, done that? We usually like your synopsis. It's everything It's everything else you contribute to the podcast that we don't like. Okay. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. I spent eight years trying to reach him. And then another seven, trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. 
sleep. The night he came home. When local tide and neighborhood rascal Michael Myers brutally murders his sister with a butcher knife in 1963, he luckily finds himself confined to the Illinois State Mental Hospital. But oh, lucky day! He's assigned to the only psychologist who's probably only slightly less crazy than him, Dr. Sam Loomis. And after the two have the most epic match of the quiet game ever that lasts 15 years, Michael decides to release himself on his own recognizance. <laughs> Eager to head back home and become the biggest thirst trap in movie history, but not before stealing the car Loomis was in, all the while Loomis deeply wounded, knowing that Michael could have at least told him in the 15 fucking years they spent together that he could drive. <laughs> but, Loomis, <laughs> but Loomis's respect for Michael could only grow because Michael had ad- adhered all this time to the age-old written rules of the quiet game. And for that, he truly won. And while Michael fast and furious is his gown-wearing ass back to his hometown of Haddonfield in the hopes of becoming the peeping Tom champion of the universe, Loomis, soon, on his own time, follows. And when Michael returns to his childhood home, what does he find but a young Lori Strode jumping off a key at the Myers house for her real estate dad, who was too busy to do that, what with all the fucking houses he's not selling. Lori, played by young Jamie Lee Curtis, daughter of Hollywood royalty, Janet Lee and Tony Curtis, proving once again that nepotism is truly the only way that God shows us that he loves us. I have kid. I adore Jamie Lee Curtis. But Michael, who for the past 15 years has only seen Dr. Loomis, quickly falls in love with the young Strode and proceeds to do what an 18-year-old Josh would do, drive her on the same block for eight hours with the hopes of catching the eye of a girl who doesn't even know you exist. <laughs> but Michael's game is weak as shit. He tries to say hello from across the street of her school, and when that doesn't work, he drives by her and her friends, only to stop momentarily when he thinks he hears his name stopping in the middle of the street before realizing that they had mistaken him for some other mask-wearing loser, quickly peels out, but not to be (laughs) perturbed when he tries to seduce Lori (laughs) by looking as nonchalant as he can by the sexiest of the walls, the hedge wall, but pussies out when Lori's friend Annie approaches and he runs away like a little bitch. And in one last ditch effort, he goes the Romeo route and stands outside her window. But like the great incels that came before and after him, quickly scurries off as soon as eye contact is made. And with Michael's pride properly bruised and his ego left to rot in the pit of his stomach, he's left with only one course of action. Kill the ice princesses (laughs) and maybe, hopefully, get assigned another doctor if called by the inept local authorities. So that pretty much sums up Halloween. Yep, it does. And in a roundabout way. I d- Look, Michael did give off big thirst trap vibes. Yeah. This movie. I mean, he was... Most of what he does just stands around and stares. Yeah. That's pretty much all he does, yeah. Thankfully, there's good music in the movie. Otherwise, it would just be a dude staring quietly. Yeah. The, the, yeah, seriously. Obviously, you can't talk about this you movie without asleep. talking about Carpenters. Well, yeah, it's not a... It's not Halloween without the score or the soundtrack. It's we'll get there too, but I think the same could be said for the original Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, but you're uh, jumping ahead there, McFly. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but aside, aside from the music, though, like the I, just, I noticed this this time when we watched it, and I know you talked about it before. Um, we previously talked about the movie how when you know Michael kills his sister. First off, there's no there's no wounds. It's just he stabs her, and she sounds like she's having sex while she's getting stabbed. She does very. She sounds very erotic. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah, she dies very oh, well. Yeah. Oh, Michael. Oh. Yeah. You know, but then there's no wounds. There's just red stuff all over. But when he comes outside, you know, and you said his parents just stand there and look at him. Did you notice that? Like his mom just casually she's got her fuck- hands in her fucking yeah. pocket. She just well, she puts them in there. They're not even there. She just puts them in there. And she's got this look on her face, like, "What does little shit do this time?" Yeah, it was really weird. She is so goddamn nonchalant about everything that she's witnessing. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, maybe the family just didn't say a lot. Maybe that's why Michael killed his sister because she spoke too much. Because they didn't say a lot. It goes to the. It's like they walked up to him and they said, "Oh damn, buddy, you finally killed that annoying bitch." <laughs> yeah, and then when you know when he gets into the fucking hospital with Loomis for fifteen years, like, hey, man, our family doesn't speak. We yeah, got rid yeah, of Chatty Kathy. Yeah, this is not what we do in the Myers household. And then Loomis just decides that the guy's you know psychotic and in danger after killing one person who probably wouldn't shut the fuck up. I always thought it was funny if like Loomis this whole time confused patients. And he actually just thought a mute patient was Michael Myers. Yeah, their, their <laughs> fucking files got fucking mixed I think up. Michael really wanted to tell somebody about his problems. Yeah, <laughs> Loomis, who's fucking borderline insane, just yes. met this other kid. He's right on the edge. <laughs> this is Michael Myers. <laughs> For fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> Loomis. The movie would have been much better if there was more Loomis. Uh, Donald Pleasant is you, amazing in this. And, and I know I mentioned it on the front side it's of definitely this. definitely the star. You know, I kind of alluded to it, but the middle of the uh, movie kind of drags. And they should have come back to Loomis. That's That was exactly it's, what I said. That's in my notes. Like, you could have filled that time with Loomis. Loomis bracket. There's a yeah, large... Just a more backstory. Well, I mean, either one of them would have been a fine or filler. Or just them dudes riding around town. Instead of him creeping at the Myers house waiting... Yeah, scaring little kids. Yeah, right? But there's this whole middle section where it just becomes like the adventures of Annie. Oh, man. And her, her her putting salt on the popcorn. Yeah. Riveting. Yeah. No, butter. Butter. That's what she spills. Her, yeah. yeah. But, there, yeah, there's like a whole section where it's just like, what's Annie doing? And it's just. She's on the phone. It's like, okay, you know. I like I like the beginning of the movie. When you know establishes the characters and I and I remember this and there was another podcast I was listening to and I can't remember what it was but um, they were comparing this to Black Christmas and one of the people in there were saying that Black Christmas was a much better movie than Halloween that Black Christmas was like a perfect horror movie and Halloween was deeply flawed and I, and I had to rewatch Black Christmas you know to kind of compare it but one of her criticisms or one of their criticisms against Halloween was the dialogue of the female characters in the movie compared to the dialogue of the female characters in Black Christmas. But the girls in Black Christmas, because she said that they were dealing with real world problems in Black Christmas, you know, because one of the things they talk about is like there's a character who's thinking about an abortion, right? But those are college age girls in Black Christmas. And in Halloween, they're high school girls. But think about what you talked about in high school. Well, not you. Think about what you talked about in high school, Daniel, as to what you talked about when you got to be college age. Like, Things yeah. change. Well, there's, no, there's difference. It's it's so silly to say that because like, so real girls 
are always talking about abortion. Yeah. Well, she was just saying it like it was more mature and stuff like that. And it was, you know, and it was closer to reality or something like that. But I remember having not this conversation, obviously, because I'm, you know, a dude, but like with your friends, you had like, you would have conversations like, oh man, that girl's so hot or something like that. And that's the kind of conversation you're having. You're like, you know, who we're going to dance with and, oh, you know, this is so boring and blah, blah, blah. Some like, guys never grow out of that, too. Yeah. In all fairness. So I, I feel like that they had unfairly deemed the dialogue in the movie, you know, between these girls because it wasn't more, I guess, intellectual. But like I said, they're high school girls. It's not like they're going to be talking about the mysteries of the universe and, you know, what am I going to do to pay next month's rent? I feel like that's just people bitching a bitch, right? Because it's like, look, what were they supposed to be? They're supposed to be high school girls with babysitting Get ready to go to a dance, right? Trying to... No, oh, was no, I'm, I'm back on Halloween. I'm talking about Halloween. No, there's yeah. a dance coming up. Because they were talking about... something oh, talking about asking... Do you have a train train for yeah. such yeah. and yeah. such? Yeah, so, like, there was something. But they're just talking about the point exactly is... They're, uh, they're talking about talking high school about shit. High school girl shit. And they're high school girls. It works. Yeah. I don't see any issue with it. And I watched Black Christmas like two months ago. Oh, did around, you? around Halloween. The yeah. 1974 one. Yeah. Yes. And uh, it's funny because that to me, there's that one gets a little boring. This is bringing you from location to location. This is all happening in the house. In the fraternity house. And like. Sorority. Yeah, it's it's good, but there is some slow spots between the situations that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a good slasher movie. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I think that that's just people being like, no, Halloween is not the best because a lot of people think Halloween is the best because it's done so fucking well. I so, think this person, yeah, was really like trying to applaud. A movie talking about abortion in '74, but at that at the same time, you don't have to ding Halloween for portraying high school girls as being high, high school, school girls. Yeah. Like that, you. And I thought Deborah Hill did a. You know, she wrote the dialogue for these uh, Laurie and her friends, and I thought she did good. You know, we're going to go on this adventure of these slasher movies, and not a lot of them have kind of real dialogue between yeah. female characters. Part four, Friday 13th, the final chapter. I think like there's a lot of things that make that movie work. One of the things is like how the, the female characters talk to each other. Um, I don't think the dialogue was the problem. Uh, the wooden, the wooden acting. Was it PJ souls for you or was it, um, well, which one plays Annie? <sighs> You know, she was a carpenter staple for a while. She was probably the main culprit. PJ Souls just said totally a lot. And I thought about counting it. I think I, me and Daniel There's did, 11 and we, totallys. And we got different numbers. I got nine. I'm going to trust your 11. Because I feel like there was one scene where she said it like five times. Yeah, when they were walking home. Yeah. No, after that, later on in the movie, there was another time where she just blurted it out over I and over and over. Bitching to Bob about... About her beer, probably so, and it is hilarious because we don't. We've been you've been talking about the Annie show. We don't get a whole terrible lot of scenes with her. You know, there's only a few scenes with her, but they last. Yeah, they're and they last. she's and she gets eleven totallys in. 
So oh, you Linda or no, you uh, switched. You switched to Annie. I was talking about. Linda. You were talking about yeah, yeah. She did. We talked about the Annie show, but whatever. Linda didn't get Linda, into like three or four scenes, goes, and she yeah. fit eleven totally. I know. So that's when you know that it's way too much. The, but the, yeah, I thought the, about the problem with it being it. Annie so much was that she was the worst of the three, as far as the acting. They did drag along with Annie a well, lot. Well, did you know? Like when they were walking home, though, like when we first like. Yeah, Michael was just creeping, you know, after he ends up in Haddonfield, you know, which before we talk about that, I just want to say real quick, did y'all notice, because agile wouldn't be a word you think about when you think of Michael Myers, right? That's not a word you'd use to describe him, except for when he jumped up on that fucking car, dude. He was like Spider-Man. Exactly. Jordan Peele has, like he said in the interview, like he, he's always thought of Michael as a cat. You know, he's lurking, he pounces. In the shadows, yeah, and that's interesting that you say that because he, quiet. yeah, very quiet. Well, not so quiet in this movie. Wasn't yeah, he does a lot of grunting. But he does some. He sounds like me after walking up three flights of stairs to get to my apartment. He is some heavy breathing. Like, yeah, it's the breath against that mask. I think he got some government issued cigarettes <laughs> and then <laughs> asylum. Yeah. Just destroyed that. And just destroy those lungs. Loomis nothing. Yeah. That's like the only time, though. And, and, you know, Jordan Peele obviously knows more about movies than I do. But it just seems like brute force of Michael. Every other time you see him, like he's lifting dudes up one handed, you know, shoving people against walls and, you know, all these other things. So he's like a mountain lion. A mountain lion. (laughs) But yeah, when when they're walking home, and the three of them are talking. The actors playing Annie, it just it feels like like you can see Jamie Lee Curtis when she's acting, and you can you can tell that there's something there. And then she can go on and do other things. And the actress playing Annie feels like she could play an Annie character. Well, no, not even that. It's just yeah. like how do how do I make this character seem real? Oh, I know. I'll talk loud and wooden. And that's it's just that's what it was. It was loud, and it was there was no subtlety to the voice, no nuance. And it was just, it didn't do anything for me. Like I said, you could, to me, anyways, you could see, like, there was a different level between these actresses. Uh, one of them was going to go on to being a fish called Wanda, and the other one was going to, I don't know what she which, did. She, she, again, she she did a lot of Carpenter production. She was in The Fog. She was, like, sixth build, because, you know, they had Tom Atkins, Jamie Lee Curtis. She was in uh, so she's playing so she's playing second fiddle to Jamie Lee Curtis again. again. And she was yeah. in season of the witch. She played yeah. Tom Atkins' wife. So I mean, she's I don't know what she's done since, but um, I, I do want to I do want to bring it back to this just because because I think we've already at the point where the girls are are seeing Michael fucking creeping. But uh, I, I wrote this down when I was writing my synopsis. It's uh, Michael who kills his sister after she was discover- after he she was discovering the pleasures of the human flesh, a pleasure that lasted about as long as the flavor of the zebra gum. Oh my god! <laughs> Talking about the boyfriend about that fucking gum <laughs> in so long, and you are right. And hang on, hang on. I think I've written something else down where uh, my Judith Myers. Her boyfriend came and went quicker than Casey Anthony's next child. <laughs> it's because Judith Meyer's boyfriend, he pretty much comes in his pants. 
and runs off. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because, like, I actually counted it with a timer. It was 66 seconds. <laughs> and, and that was from the last second that you yes. see them. And yes. they're still on the fucking staircase. Yeah. And yeah. then. Oh, yeah. He's coming in his clothes. Pants, walking up the staircase. Yes. And then, and, like, and then whenever they you see him again, he is almost fully clothed again. No, he never from took that off point his to clothes. that point was 66 seconds. He climbed up the stairs. And then he had to think of an excuse. Yeah, exactly. Judith Myers was brushing her hair with disappointment when Michael came in. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what's her name? The nurse? Fuck. Oh, I knew it until you said, uh, said, what's the name? What is her name? I can't think of her name right now. No, she chain smokes. Oh, she's hot. Oh, yeah, she, oh, yeah she smokes like a motherfucker. But I mean, fuck, she works in an asylum, dude. I'd be stressed, too. No, just crack that window. Because that window I mean, is yeah. not cracked. <laughs> yeah. Like you were hot boxing. Well, yeah. You know, and Loomis is responsible for all this, though, since we're you know, talking about just being there with the, with the nurse. And God, I can't remember her name. But she's like, hey, we should drive up to the hospital. And Loomis is like, no, no, no. Let's hang out here. With all these inmates. Yeah. That are that is true. Obviously yes. not supposed to be here. Yeah. And then she's like, well, shouldn't we get him? like no 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 no? Let's check it out. Well, I don't know if this is no, no, we're we're good. We're Stop good. Here. Yeah. Let's fuck. But the gate was closed, wasn't it? No, the gate was open. Was it open? Yeah. I thought he went. No, the gate was open. When you, like when he gets out of the car, you see the gates like uh open, like because uh yeah, because Michael has to if he got out and opened the gate, then how would Michael have gotten out? Because he would have seen him when he come out, right? He gets out and goes forward towards the gate. Mm-hmm. And Michael comes up behind the car and, you know, jumps up there like a ninja. Yeah. And then comes around and, you know, smashes the windows and grabs at her face and stuff like that. But Loomis, man, he starts off at 10. Like he, and then oh, goes, okay. and then goes to 11, just like the, you know, spinal tap amp. But I mean, like there's no low setting for Loomis. He was already full throttle. And the way Pleasance plays him is so like, I don't know, Pleasance added added gravitas to this movie at this time because Pleasance was doing a a, a low-budget horror movie. He could have phoned it in, and he didn't. You know, we talked earlier about Pleasance just sort of being like the MVP of this movie. Yeah. And he is because obviously if Pleasance wasn't there, He's telling the audience how dangerous Michael is. But the way Pleasance delivers his lines, he, he's so... Well, if he doesn't... If he's not there to tell you how dangerous Michael is, then there's no reason to believe that Michael could be that dangerous because he's just a 10-year-old boy that killed one person. Yeah. yeah. And oh, Loomis him. would have you believe that this motherfucker is Satan. He is yeah. death incarnate. Yep. He is Anton Chigurh. Yeah, you know. Oh, and speaking of timers, I don't know if y'all saw it or not. I saw it when I was watching it today, getting ready though. At twenty six, about twenty six minutes into the movie, there was a black line that crept up on the bottom right of the screen, and it kind of curved and went towards the left. And I thought it was like first, it's like, man, is that my TV? I was like, this is gonna fucking suck. I have to take this bitch off the wall and you know return it, but. No, apparently it was just one of the cameras or something or the film. It was just odd. It was like the only time it happened. Yeah. There's a scene that's I looked for it. You can see it. You can see it. But you have to look close for it. There's a scene 
at the uh, edge wall where Lori sees Michael and then Annie runs up. And there, and when Annie runs up, she doesn't see Michael. But then Lori walks up and they're by the hedge wall and Michael's gone. There's a scene where you can see John Carpenter smoke from a cigarette in frame. Like there's just a puff of smoke. Oh, that's and John hilarious. Carpenter confirmed on like a commentary. He's like, yeah, that's my cigarette. Yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. Just I have to pay attention. I love Carpenter. And we let's address it. Where do we fall on Carpenter? Obviously, if anybody doesn't know before, our podcast is named after a quote from a John Carpenter movie. Where do where do each of you stand on with Carpenter? Yeah, I in, love com- John Carpenter. in comparison to what? Just in general, not even compared to anybody, but not everybody has love? to have a number. Yeah, where's your no. love for Carpenter? Where's where, where do you think Carpenter fits into? In terms of how should he be remembered? He doesn't make movies anymore. His last movie was 2010. The Ward, you know, he he peaked in the 80s. Carpenter has more movies that I like than I dislike. I mean, I like Carpenter. I mean, I mean, I don't, well, I mean, obviously with you guys, it's not a secret. I mean, but yeah, I, I like uh, Escape from New York, Halloween, The Thing, They Live, The Fog. Uh, obviously, Big Trouble in Little China. I flip yeah, flop I like on. I flip flop on vampires. Um, I don't know about Ghost from Mars though, or Ghost of Mars or whatever the yeah, fuck it's called. I've seen that. It was a long time since I've seen it. I've seen it, but it was a long time. I don't remember. Was there a reason that that was a long time? Because yeah, I, very good. I don't remember it being very good. I, <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually seen Prince of Darkness. I recently bought it though, and I haven't. There's another one. I think didn't he do it in the Mouth of Madness? He did. Was, yeah. So I haven't seen that one either. So I've got one of those, and the other one, if I can ever catch it on sale, I will buy it. Um, I haven't seen Assault on the Precinct 13. I heard it was good. It was the first one. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Though. Well, his first movie with a real budget, he did Dark Star. And I did like a college. And I didn't see his uh, his Elvis movie. Kurt Russell yeah. a TV movie, yeah. That's how he sort of began his partnership with Kurt Russell. Carpenter is fascinating. I just recently went through um, another podcast, did an entire retrospective on John Carpenter. And well, before you do that, I'll just say this real quick. Out of the four directors here that did the first movies in each one of these, Cunningham, Craven, Carpenter, and Hooper, Carpenter would be my favorite. Oh, hands down. I mean, I know there's this um, unreasonable amount of love for Wes Craven, but I think Craven had more falters than Carpenter did and Sean Cunningham we'll get to it when we talk about it in Friday the 13th but the joke. yeah and you know Hoop, yeah, he's Hooper. literally making a movie just to make a movie he's getting a paycheck yeah, yeah there's no love exactly there. and then Zero you know love. Hooper has other movies that you know people like it's just Carpenter out of the four is my favorite but then he he made what you know you know, it's hard to say like your favorite movie of all time because like that's fluid neck and change. But Big Trouble in Little China is right there. Like if it's not my favorite, then it's like you know one B or something like that. I love Big Trouble in Little China more than the thing. Yes. Now Carpenter for me, like I was saying, like I just, I just and I like the thing. I mean, I like it a lot. Um, but I love Big Trouble in Little China. The uh, I was listening to another podcast. Slightly more successful, if you can believe it. 
and they cover <laughs> they cover directors and they cover their filmography. And John Carpenter had won their March Madness poll, and they covered everything that he did theatrically. They didn't cover body bags. They didn't cover Elvis. And I don't know. Carpenter is a filmmaker that you do you will not see again. He does genre movies. And he's not in a tour, you know, like there's nothing that's pretentious about his movies. There's nothing flashy. He's almost workmanlike, but, and you know, he's, you can tell with Carpenter movies, he's not sitting there talking to his actors. Like, what's your motivation? He's like, get over there. I'm going to shoot you. Act. We're going to call cut. He's almost Eastwood like. Oh, he probably doesn't. He probably doesn't come out like other some other directors either and shit on other people's movies just because I don't know and where you stand on the movies uh, how you feel about them doesn't matter the fact that you know and we're talking about I think it was Scorsese who come out and you know shat on superhero movies and whether or not you like superhero movies or he not he didn't shit on superhero movies he just said what they were they were like roller coaster rides he said they wasn't art well, that's shitting on them okay so they're who, not yeah. art. Who, well, who's to say that? Like, well, I think that any movie that someone makes is fucking art. You're yeah, from exactly, imagination exactly, to yes. yeah, that, exactly. Yes. So exactly, somebody put so effort in to fucking make it. Now, whether you yeah. like them or not, that's so. Troll two is art. Yeah, you may not like it. There's some people that yeah. don't like Picasso. There's some bad movies for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, you can't really take that away. That is a dick. That is like a that's a, a dick a, move. That's a low blow. Yeah, you're you're not getting the attention that you feel you should get, so you shit on somebody else. Yeah, right? so you can make yourself feel better. That's my thing. Is like my thing is that even if it's a movie that's not loved, you still made it. Now, in a situation where you get some of these guys that are just trying to make that paycheck, and they're like, "Man, I don't want to fucking do this movie, but whatever. If I do good on this, hopefully I'll get that next gig I'm trying to get, or or whatever the case may be." Yeah. And you're just trying to get through it and make a fucking movie then even though it is still technically art, then I wouldn't feel bad about being like, yeah, that movie's not art. They were just trying to get through it to get to the next yeah, project. exactly. Because it's not art. But whenever it, motherfuckers, you know, heart is in it, even if it is about superhero movies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever they fucking do it, they give you a good superhero movie if that's your thing. But if it's not, that don't mean that you can shit on people who do enjoy those type things. You know, most of them are fucking kids that people are talking shit, you know, it's like fucking superhero movies. Like, yeah, a seven-year-old loves Spider-Man somewhere, you know? Yeah, and I guess... Yeah, I do think it's a low blow to call something not art as a whole. Now, if he was like, you got movies like Endgame making a billion dollars, that's not art. That would, that would be a low blow because they do love that type shit and they wanted to give the best experience they could to the fans mm-hmm. and the paycheck wasn't bad either. You know what I mean? But if it's like trolls two is an art and come to find out, like you missed this part while you were uh, being quiet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if it was like troll and then you, and then it comes out to where it's like, this dude didn't give a fuck about this movie. He was just, it was a paycheck. And then it's not art. This dude's just, it is still technically, but I can see that. But, um, but yeah, so I do it think just, that's a low blow to throw out there. He was, you, you, in your heart of hearts, you know that he was, 
you know, throwing a little shade. It reeks, saying it reeks of jealousy. Yeah. It doesn't reek and of jealousy. And it's bullshit. It does. Fucking, you can, can, I don't even know how you can. so great. Yeah, like, I don't dude, even know how you can defend it. Game, you shouldn't say negative things about any film, you know? No. It reeks of jealousy. It doesn't. It does. Because what he's saying isn't that these movies are bad. What he's saying is that it is a, what these Marvel movies and Disney movies are, what he's saying is that they're just corporate risk adverse movies. And that's not art. Corporate movies aren't art. That's what he's saying. He's not saying they're bad. Is, is it Martin Scorsese Productions? I mean, I think he makes movies for a fucking company. Somebody funds his movies. He's not just doing his shit, you know, out of his own pocket. So there's a corporation behind him somewhere. And how many fucking gangster movies has he made? Who what does what? that got to do with it? No, because you know you're sitting you're sitting here saying that it's not jealousy and stuff like this, and he's it's saying not all these jealousy. And he's not, he has directed some of the greatest American cinema movies of all time. But now he's not getting the attention that these other people are he getting. He still gets attention from every. It's Martin Scorsese. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how you ju- try to justify him saying shit like no, that. No, if you don't get it, then you don't get it. But he's talking about like corporate movies. Okay, who fucking releases his movies? Do you not understand the difference between Lionsgate releasing a movie and Disney? Oh, Lionsgate must not be out to make fucking even, money. I, I use Liongate as an example. It's not about that. You're talking about Coca-Cola. You're talking about Disney. But here's my thing, right? Because whenever you look at Scorsese, like he is great. You know what I mean? He is. But him saying it just as a out of nowhere comment. I think I think which, it was taken which out you of gave more. You I mean, gave like I think it was a quote. You and you gave it to us out of context. You didn't include the last. Well, everybody made such back. a big deal about it on yeah. the internet about it about yeah. him. But with it being a whole that. corporation thing, I can understand where he's talking for them. It's not art. Like I mean, like Disney look, isn't artists. When they hire a director, you know I mean? they're not allowed to be themselves with a Marvel movie. You have to follow their guidelines. Like it's very strict. Like, you know, it's a Disney Marvel movie. So it's like the directors don't have free reign. The writers don't have free reign. That's what he's talking about. Like, just, you know, making a Superman movie. You know, people shit on Zack Snyder, but Warner Brothers did give him free reign. Well, I'm pretty sure that Guardians of the Galaxy was a James Gunn movie. James Gunn's the only one. And maybe Sam Raimi gets it with Doctor Strange. But you think Joe Webb got it with Spider-Man? I don't think so, babe. Like I said, I get it. If he's talking about like the situation where it's like he doesn't feel like there are because they're so driven by money, which that's the point he was making. They all are. Even Scorsese. You know what I mean? He does have free reign to do whatever the fuck he wants to and all this shit, but he, but he chooses to. But there's no Scorsese's like coming from being Scorsese going to. He's not going to go to a superhero movie. These are a lot of these guys, you know, they've done, they're starting out or they've done only a couple of little gigs. So it's like, fuck, yes, I just landed the next Marvel movie, whatever. So they are into it to try to create the best thing ever. But yes, they are. They will be like, look, you're doing the new Fantastic Four movie, right? We want your vision. We like who you are. We like how you operate. We want you to do this movie. But... There, this is the direction that we are going. So you must include somehow these few points. Make sure that you get them in there. Show it to us. We'll approve or tell you to make changes. 
which is what those companies do to everybody, including Scorsese, you know, they'd be like, look, not this. Scorsese's or they'll be a, like, whatever. But I'm Scorsese is a bad example for well, him to say that because Scorsese is going to have free reign. Yeah, and that's like what I was about to say. I am not at all comparing fucking the Russo brothers to Scorsese. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like the Russo brothers, but Scorsese is Scorsese. I really do love his shit. I can see. Uh, I'll say this, and this isn't about Scorsese at this point, but I'm just going to say, like, Marvel was building towards a point. And you can't have all these moving pieces if there isn't like some structure to it. Because you don't get to end game if everybody just gets to do whatever the hell they want. Otherwise, you end up with Zack Snyder movies. Maybe Warner Brothers should have gave some restrictions to Zack Snyder so you didn't end up with a big steaming pile of shit that was Batman v Superman and Justice League. And I like Man of Steel. I liked Man of Steel. And yeah, I was excited it for Batman. Like it's a lot of hate, but I love that. I did too. That was the best one he made to me. That was the best DC movie. I mean, we I must not be that. counting. Uh, we can't no, be movies. Yeah, okay. okay, I was gonna say because yeah. okay, but if you're talking about like the the, new, the, the, the DC universe, yeah, as, as it now. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, is still, yeah, exactly. So I like that one. I don't know how it went off the rails with the other movies, but maybe somebody should have told him like, hey, here's some fucking guidelines, and you know, make the movie you want, but you got to be. This is what we're working towards, and no, but DC they they tried to play catch up on a game they wouldn't oh, even do. Yeah, they, they tried to buy the play. Bitcoin ten yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah. They tried to go. <laughs> they, they, they tried to buy Bernard. They tried yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, any day now. <laughs> no, yeah, they they tried to get to end game after like two movies. Yeah, and nobody was, cared about yeah. your characters. Yeah, they they definitely goofed that. Anyways, um, much like whenever Annie was babysitting, she, <laughs> she fucked up some babysitting. That was a right? good segue, though, back into it. Yeah. I mean, I completely forgot what brought us to that goddamn conversation. That's going to be the issue we're having right well, now. We're with talking us about being together. Yeah. Like, all this other shit disappeared. We're just talking about dumb shit at this point. But yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It is. We, oh, we're yeah. talking about Carpenter, and I, I do think we need. Will we get to Carpenter? Again? Oh, we're talking about him. That's what it was. Because I, I said that Carpenter wouldn't be the type of person to shit on somebody else's work. But he has. Oh, okay. Because they probably deserved it. No, he, he. I think like there was something with Rob Zombie. And then Rob Zombie made like a little dig at Carpenter. Because Carpenter is a bitter man. He is yeah. bitter. You can hear him in interviews. Hollywood did not treat him right. Wait a minute, is it because uh, they didn't use his music or something? No, like, I, Car- Zombie had made a dig at Carpenter, and then Carpenter came back, and he was playing nice at first. He was like, yeah, Zombie, do your thing with your movies. Zombie made a dig at Carpenter, and then Zo- and then Carpenter was like, yeah, you're, you know, you made Michael Myers way too big, and, you know, it was just a little. <laughs> but, yeah, I just wanted to give Carpenter, I don't know, John Carpenter's, such a fascinating filmmaker, and he's, you know, Big Trouble is your favorite movie. I, the Thing, I think, is a perfect film. That's perfect. It's Big Trouble in Little China. You know what? You're talking about a movie with some banter. Yes, it's okay. Who are you taking, though? You taking The Thing, Kurt Russell, or are you taking Big Trouble in Little China, Kurt Russell? Wait a minute, to do what? Yeah, that is a good question because if it's fucking party. It's, it's, yeah, I was Jack Burton. Yeah, but look, we're gonna fucking load up in the pork shop express and hit the town. Right, 
A young Kurt or Russell with which I have to survive to play chess against. I'm still gonna take Jack Burton because oh, okay. I don't want somebody throwing whiskey in my eyes when I beat him. Oh fuck you, bitch! <laughs> I don't know. I think Jack Burton would try to cheat you too. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be he'd be lovable doing it. Oh, no. McCready man would just like throw you out of the fucking uh, um, room into the middle of the Antarctic. Yeah, like I said, for survival, it'd be McCready because he's like fucking he's no nonsense, man. No, yeah, you, he's you no need a uh, yeah, he's you like, would need. Uh, What's his partner's name in Big Trouble in China? It's Wang. Wang. Yeah, you would need Wang if you wanted to survive. Yeah. Because the only thing that Jack Burton's going to do is, at the end of the movie, fucking flip that knife back. Up until that point, you're fucked. And I just want to point out to the listeners, no shit. Bone is wearing a John Carpenter's The Thing t-shirt right now. Yeah, well, I like The Thing. I didn't say it was, I didn't say it was my bottom movie. No, no, it's, I'm just saying that you are wearing it. I'll just say this. Kurt Russell's Long hair and beard is the best long haired beard combo ever in movie history. In the thing, you know, that beard is fucking full. His head looks really warm for being in the Antarctic. His, his hat that he wears is like a sombrero <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. It's like only Kurt Russell can pull that shit off, man. Yeah, oh, those fucking boots right he wears now. in Big Trouble in Little China, only the moccasins, those knee highs. Like you I said, know, I just watched The Hateful Eight. You know what movie that made this better? You know, Kurt Russell would have made this movie better. He should have been Sheriff Brackett. Oh, then he would have killed Michael. Then the movie wouldn't, the franchise would have ended. Yeah, you know? Loomis would have been like, there's a killer on the loose. And Loomis would have got shot soon <laughs> after by, you know, incidental fucking yeah. fire. No, he would have known, he would have seen the darkness in Loomis. Brackett would have shot him shit. and then immediately went after Michael Myers and shot him. And then he would have fucked all three girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Including his daughter? Well, yeah. Yes. Speaking of yeah, the, <laughs> yes. the fucking pedophilia in the movie. Yeah, I'm, oh I'm gonna rip. I'm gonna rip your clothes off, and you rip my clothes off. They were gonna rip Lindsay's clothes, Lindsay's clothes off. off. Yeah, and I real. and I had this like maybe they meant to say Annie. Maybe he got the line uh, wrong. I think he was trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. But Kurt Russell would have shot him in the face and then had sex with Lindsay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I see. It. You gotta love Kurt Russell. I, he wouldn't have had sex with Lindsay. Man. I gotta draw a line. You just. Smirching his name, man. I'm talking about Sheriff Brackett. <laughs> Kurt Russell would be fucking everybody. <laughs> Kurt Russell's the actor. We're talking about characters. Well, I'm talking Fictional about. characters. Kurt Russell would have had sex with... He would have had 20 baby mamas on this street. Fucking... <laughs> where were we at? We were talking about the movie. Yeah, we were just bullshitting about the movie. I don't about, think we yeah. were. We, we weren't doing yeah. it like in order. We were just talking it about like different things. It started off with John Carpenter. Yeah. I tried to bring us back. And then I'm we sorry. started back about how great Big Trouble Little Tide is. And then Kurt I'm going to bring back Kurt Russell into this conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, no I mean, I think he should have been in all John Carpenter <laughs> movies. <laughs> I think he should be in every movie ever. Yeah. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, is John Kurt Russell. I mean, Sylvester Sloan's best movie. Tango and Cash. Best movie, but it was up there, and it had Kurt Russell. Yeah, but speaking of Kurt Russell and how he would have killed Loomis immediately, it's funny because somebody should have killed Loomis. We see immediately that it's like, crazy. damn, dude. At first, you can be fooled because you're like, okay, this guy's just like knows how fucking bad of a situation this is, and he's panicking, right? Because straight up, whenever the nurse, I still can't think of her name. Whenever she fucking uh, pulls up, she how do you nurse not Mary? Know that? 
think Mary. it's Mary or Mary. Yes, yeah. I think it's Mary because it's, it's Mary. named after Psycho. Yeah, Just but like anyway, when she's pulling up, she's chilling for a minute, like you said before, hotboxing, and there's all these fucking patients on the fucking lawn. You know what I mean? And she just is just riding. It takes a minute for her to finally be like, "Oh wait, what?" And then it's too fucking late. Like we talked about before, fucking like Michael just is a flash. And he is on top of that fucking car, yeah. you know, getting her fucked up and all that shit and getting her out and getting the car and going. But he is so fast. It's like, it's just hilarious, man, because we've never seen him move that fast again, ever. That is uh, the fastest we see Michael Myers move in a movie, period. Because he is fucking getting but anyway, yeah. it was just funny because right after that, then Loomis loses his fucking he, mind. So he, that's what I was saying. Like, but he did so great. And it's, it's insane the performance that fucking Donald Pleasance put on because, like, it's five days. Like, he was in and out. Days. Like, he, five he's days not in the movie that much either when you, like, when you watch when it. Time, well, yeah. still, though, I know that he doesn't. If you look at it, it's like, okay, he's only in for 15 minutes or whatever the case may be. But it, him being a fucking lunatic. Fucking oh, he makes that doctor. Shit count. He does such a great job. Yeah. Five days in and out. I think it was like what twenty or was it one hundred twenty or something like that? He got paid for that, like one hundred twenty thousand or twenty thousand. I can't remember. He that. had to have been the biggest budget. But yeah, I'm not. The, I'm not trying to be in other people's financial business, man. Yeah. God, you nosy motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> but his ass, you know, like in and out, man. And it's crazy because that was their big star. That was the big star yep. of the fucking movie. We got to try to get him. And it's that was a wise choice because you need someone to convince us, the 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 viewer, um, that Michael Myers is dangerous. We need to be scared, even though he's just standing around up there doing shit. He killed his sister. Yeah, we all make mistakes. Somebody has to give you exposition. But yes, and you're like, okay, dude, this motherfucker's gonna pop off eventually, and then he does. He strangles the shit out of a lot of people. <laughs> Should have been named the Strangler. Strangling the shit out of him is the right term. I mean, because that's a pretty loose grip when you go back and watch it. I mean, I'm just saying that's I, how he's uh, killing people, you know? Or at least, you know, kind of trapped. And then, and you know, seemed like she was before he kills. Well, Annie, sound like Annie's <laughs> overacting in her death scene yeah. when he slits her throat. And then she, she's like, Ugh, she closes her eyes and she flops over. And then she opens oh, her yeah. eyes. Yeah, like, it's a pretty, yeah. It, Annie was the worst dead, actress for sure. You know, but it's funny because wasn't she the first? Well, obviously, besides Judith, but she was the first kill, right? Besides yeah. Judith yeah. and the dog. And but, the um, uh, tow truck driver. No, yeah, true. That Why one. But that was his outfit. His legendary. stolen the truck. Yeah. The- yeah, no, right? He's, <laughs> He's like, well, the fucking mask shop is only, or the hardware store where they sell Halloween masks. He's still in a government issue vehicle yeah. the entire time. Yeah. In. In the tow truck drivers driving slower than a motherfucker. Overalls. <laughs> well, he's yeah. just learned how to drive like 35 minutes ago. Man. Yeah. Except he is driving pretty fucking casual because if you watch him, he doesn't grab the wheel. He's just got his fingertips on that bitch, just guiding it barely. Yeah. Just casually. Pulling up beside people. Tommy. You know it was that Tommy. cool ass janitor who smoked cigarettes in the closet who taught him how to drive. Yeah. yeah. No, you gotta put your fingertips on this, this but steering then, wheel. And you you're driving them. like a square, Michael, a square. <laughs> <laughs> you you're driving like Devin Graham, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And you're talking about him driving slow though, right? And yeah. then like when he pulls He's fucking up, creeping. When he pulls up beside Tommy Doyle Tommy Doyle at one point and just drives beside him for like fifteen seconds and Tommy Doyle's so oblivious. He never looks to his left. Yeah, I know, right? It's like not that is it this mattered. This kid's because mom or is no, this the killer? 
Well, not that it matters because nobody would have believed his ass if he said the boogeyman was driving a car because Lori, who's seen the boogeyman 15 fucking times, when Tommy tells her about it, she's like, no, nah, Tommy, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> yes, yeah, punk bitch. And then Tommy, who got bullied at school, decides, hey, I've had enough of this shit. I want to see what's fun about it. Let me bully Lindsay. Yeah, like a fucking dick, man. It's such a dick move for him to pull on her because like, she's the one fucking person she, to believe him. Yes, she is fucking. He is getting bullied at school, and we're like, damn, man, kids getting bullied. That's a bummer, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, he has a good Halloween, whatever. And then he goes, and then he sees this fucking guy. He's like, holy shit, the boogeyman is real, and I'm seeing him, and he's carrying a woman's lifeless body yeah and then i say something i get shot down and the only person is Lindsay, and she's like i believe you tommy and then he turns around and he fucking scares her well, shit. it's such a dick move on but tommy i think Moore. he got that shit from Lori, right yeah because once again yeah she saw michael earlier and she tells annie that she saw something and annie's like ah you're you're seeing shit yeah and so then when Tommy says he sees something. You know, Lori's like, well, hey, I got to see what this bullying shit's about. Let me bully fucking Tommy Doyle. Yeah, I know. And then Tommy's like, getting turned on by the idea of bullying the shit out of somebody. And then Tommy's like, oh, man. Well, Lori's doing it, and she's my babysitter, and I look up to and respect her, so this must be okay. Hey, Lindsay. Bad influence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Come here. Let me scare the shit out of you. And Lindsay was... Just chilling like a motherfucker, just watching. What the hell was she watching? We talked about it the last time. The thing. She was watching the thing, and uh, we were talking about, I think, Halloween 2. We had talked about another movie that was playing in the background or whatnot. But anyway, but yeah, she's just kicking it. Watching one of the greatest films of all time. This is, this is the original thing. And then the thing like, another world. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm so sorry. That's my bad. Yeah. It's still good. Yeah. Have you seen it? 84 minutes, 46 seconds. Remember that number. But uh, <laughs> anyway. But anyway, whatever. She is... Watching a good ass movie, whatever, and he's fucking with it like a dickhead. But that is such a fucking dick move, and it's funny because I'm glad that he gets the shit scared out of him for the rest of the night. One of his most tragic nights of his life, just because he was an asshole for no reason. You talking about Billy? Oh no, Tommy, Tommy. Doyle. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the fact that he's just repeating behavior he saw from Lori. You know, she said she she told Annie she saw the boogeyman or saw somebody, and then Annie played it off like she was a nut job. So when Tommy saw the boogeyman, Lori's like, oh, hey, you're a nut. And so then when Lindsay's like, hey, I believe you, Tommy, he's like, well, hey, I just saw Lori treat me like shit, so I'm going to do you the same way. Yeah. You know, bad I, influence. I, I, she's bad, in, bad, bad babysitter. She should never be hired again. Yeah, all of them are terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah, we talked a little bit about Annie being a shitty babysitter. All of them are terrible. Well, I don't think they're going to get hired again. Annie's they open. Aren't. Annie's open about her terribleness, though. Yeah, Lori's just you know she's fooling people, man. She's running this scam. Yep. teaching these kids bad, inf- you know, bad Getting habits. Exactly. Work. Hey, Tommy, you want to hit this joint before we watch this movie? We'll and call Lindsay over. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call her over here and kick the shit out of her when she's trying to watch this movie with you. It'll be fun, Tommy. Let's do it. Uh, we'll yeah, sure thing, Lori, cool whatever you comic say. books. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? it uh, I had it written down. Uh, they were all man. It was something, yeah, man. Like Tarantula, Tarantula man. man. Yes. Janitor man. Yeah. <laughs> Dishwasher man. Floorboard man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, laser man. Neutral laser, man. Laser man. man. Yeah. No wonder she doesn't want you reading these. <laughs> Laser Man. Yeah. 
egregious use of lasers. Yeah, exactly. And he's just got them hidden under the fucking couch in the living room. Like, nobody will find them there when they're cleaning. Well, he's treating them like porn. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Well, that's because his mom, probably at the fucking advice of Laurie Strode, doesn't want him reading them. Because yeah. Laurie's like, no, you don't need to read these comics. Let's sniff this cocaine instead and bully Lindsay when she comes over. Yeah. Yeah, that that does sound like a better night, though, than yeah. reading comics. And it's funny as hell because it's like, yes, like Laurie's, like we said before, she smokes before. You know, she yeah, comes, yeah. and that's what's so funny is like you got these girls are walking down, they doing their thing, and then you know she goes to pick her up, and she's like, "Hey, here you go." She's like, "Hell yeah!" And it's funny because you know that she smokes. She's just not very experienced yet because she there was no hesitation. I mean, as far as I remember, right? No, she was like, no, she's not, you know? no, she was yeah, right so there. She took in oh, terribly. <laughs> you know, whatever. She starts keep in mind. Was she starts gagging it. like when they come up to her dad. <laughs> like, calm down, Lori. Exactly. It's funny because they like. I'm going to go stop what, by my dad. Yes. That's what I was and just about so to say. Stupid. It's so stupid. She fucking, you know, fucking. Hey, dad. Let's get sheriff, and then drive by. He probably don't know what weed smells like in a car. And I mean, it's a, if it's a small town, that's fine. You know, oh shit, that's him. But you don't fucking stop and talk to him. And then they rolled a fucking window down with the smoke coming out. You just like give him a wave. He's busy. You got to go where you got to go. But she's just like, let's see if we can push our luck. You know? Look, marijuana. Ever, I mean, anybody who's listening to this, everybody alive. Yeah. Here comes a PSA from Josh. Has smelled marijuana. Josh. Look, Josh. You smoke in a car? You smoke in a room? That shit, you can, you know immediately. Yeah. yeah. Bracket. You let that be Kurt Russell. He would have dragged her ass out. <laughs> yeah. <by> fucking hair <laughs> and beat this shit up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then Kurt Russell would not pie. stand for it. Exactly. <laughs> You're too young for this. No, he would have been so pissed. It's like, I didn't raise an idiot. Yeah. Why are you stopping to talk to me? <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass. And then I'm going to solve this fucking robbery. Yeah. This alarm's been going mask. on for 12 hours. I just now got here. I've been really? fucking bitches for yeah. 12 hours. Yes. Don't tell your mom. Exactly. <laughs> My cock smells like 36 other poop tanks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a busy day. Hey, that's a slow day for Kurt Russell. Yeah, I know, right? right? But yeah, it's just funny, man. So, okay. We can all agree the middle of the movie was... Boring, right? Yeah, like with all of the Annie and everything, that really did take it out. And then the babysitting, like them setting up for the climax, it what it did slow down a lot. And, and we agree that part could have been they could have ponied up another two hundred thousand for Pleasance and got more Loomis. In yeah, this. they really could have. They could have been a few things. Well, I don't like, know dude, if they could pony up any more than they did. This Annie, was made on the cheap cheap. Annie, just, yeah, really Brad getting Loomis just, riding around, just fucking going door to door, would have been more entertaining look, than Annie. It Annie is. being stuck in the window and that whole deal that was, was way just, too long. Oh, my God. They could have cut that back and we'd have been fine. And they really could have thrown in a fucking five-minute conversation between the two in the middle of the whole Annie thing. We're following her from the fucking house, fucking up, being stupid, going and doing laundry and then whatever the fuck. And then when she goes to the car, that's whenever he gets her, right? No. He goes. To, she goes to the car. It's locked. She's no. like, oh, it's locked. No, 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 more it, problems. Look, like, it, I forgot that I didn't have the pa- the fucking keys in my panties. It is beautiful, you though. Know? It is beautiful, like, though, because she goes to the car originally. It is locked. She goes in to get the keys, right? And you sort of follow her. 
And I have no problem with long takes and steady cam yeah. doing it. She gets back to the car. She didn't, she doesn't catch it, but the car's unlocked yeah. now. Yeah. And I'm like, that. that's such a, because I think it took me like three viewings before I like, oh, she should have known something was up, but she didn't because Paul, is that who she's singing about? Don't stall. Yeah. yeah. If, I mean, if she wasn't having Paul on the brain, but I do. And then she has an overacted death. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean it's, it's bald billion. But if I'm going to back it up a little bit, beep, beep, beep. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is this? Beep, beep, beep. It's, it's him backing up. It's Seinfeld. Thank you, Daniel. It is kind of comical how Michael drives right by Loomis <laughs> as he's looking the other way. Yeah, you know, I can only imagine <laughs> in the, if you look closely in the car, you can see him fucking flipping him off, you know? Because no, he's just, just, just fucking straight. He's not even flipping him off. He's shaking his head. Like, yeah, he's like, like seats smug, laid right? all the way back, and he is just fucking <laughs> chilling, driving with his fingertips like What's Paul that talked fucking, about. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. like, look at that stupid motherfucker. <laughs> well, no, Three you, steps behind You me. remember that, that uh, Captain Picard meme? You know where he... Yeah, he's doing the. Yeah. This is him as he goes by, face palming himself. Yeah, <laughs> moron. Yeah, exactly. But, and then, but we'll talk more about Loomis real quick. He's he's in the movie, you know, and he when we say he's the best part, but then you just got him hanging out at this fucking house, crouching in the bush, bushes. <laughs> yes, and these little kids are coming. These little kids come up and they're like, "Oh man, I ain't no bitch. I'll go do this." And he's like, "Hey, no. get away from that door." Let's see your Loomis impression. Is that yours? No, because I've already did mine. But it's not in this movie because he doesn't fucking talk about it. I shot him six times. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he scares the shit. The kid's name is Lonnie. Lonnie. And he scares hey, the Lonnie. shit out of it. And Get he's so proud of it. <laughs> Dude, he goes. Yes. That's the only he time he so smiles. Yeah. And then he immediately gets fucking scared himself. Because Bracken <laughs> yeah. comes up behind him. Bracken <laughs> walks up on him and scares the fuck out of him. Oh, but he's like, he is God such damn it, Bracken, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. Like, what it the is. fuck are you doing in these bushes, man? I'll man, tell you. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what he's doing in those bushes. And you know, see, look at that. Just one little quick scene, and we are just, we we are just, loving it. They could have thrown another scene in with Annie shit. I'm telling you. It could have been them going door to door and just asking questions. Just think of Loomis yeah. coming to your door, and he holds up a picture of Michael Myers, and, and like kind of like Terminator 2. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> it's crazy as hell, too, because like with Linda, we talked about this a second ago. She didn't have as many scenes, blah, blah, blah. It's because so she wasn't is, singing. Yeah. But it's funny because, see, she obviously you couldn't throw any of the, you know, extra Loomis in on her scenes, but they could have broken up that. Because, like, with Linda, I mean, now this is where we get the joke about the, you know. The um, pedophilia? Yes. Like, now they're, they get to the fucking place and it's like, oh, whatever. And this is why. Do their thing. And he kills her pretty goddamn quick, to be honest with you. You know, know what? We kind of start, it's start, the kills are starting to come. A little bit faster. The boyfriend, then Linda. It's starting to get into a gear. Yeah. That's right. This is why Rob Zombie thought all that shit he does in his movies was okay. Because that one fucking joke. And he's like, oh, John Carpenter did it? like, cool. shit. He played, he joked about these things. And it's so funny because I really. Now, in every movie I make, it's going to be in there. Yeah. And see, it's funny because I really like his vision and his idea. But just Michael's childhood. I have a problem in the first movie. If you could cut that out, if you just 
cut everything having to do with Michael as a child. The actor, the actor did great. Yeah. I have no complaints from this actor, the, the child actor. But we're going to cover this movie. In like we three are going to cover it, and I'm not going to. I'm not going like to go into too much de- depth. But I was just saying, like, if you Dude, could cut all that shit out, I love. I wasn't even Rob zombies and the rake, of course. Zombie took what made Michael Myers scary and just threw it away. It made it white trash. I agree with you. Yeah, because the scary thing about Michael Myers is that he's such a. Uh, he was, a, he was a seemingly exactly. normal child who just something happened to him so like so drastically that it is on the supernatural side of things because it's like is this a demon is this just darkness that's what whatever. David Gordon Green is but whenever you're like no it's because he got you know you know Don't you butthole touched by like his that. gym teacher and he got yeah. bullied and his home life was a wreck no he killing fucking ro- what was he killing? Hey, just thing. for animals. He was just fucking mutilating animals. Yeah, in his like bathroom. early psychopath like or something. Yeah. He was killing. Yeah. But I was talking about like all Rob Zombie movies, not just his Halloween. I'm talking yeah. about like House of a Thousand Corpses, yes. Devil's Rejects, you know, whatever. They, like he's he's kind of one note. Yeah. He, he hits the same beats every movie. And there are people who enjoy Rob Zombie, and that's cool. And I think. Right? Visually, that's yeah. fine because he, I he's respect him. He's got a knife. He does. I respect him because he's a horror fan, and you can tell it. He's a horror nerd that has the. I need somebody else to write to the scripts, movies. but he's got an. I he, think he's got a yeah. beautiful eye. Visually, House of a Thousand Corpses look is interesting, and it's not quite as Rob Zombie. I think it's some of his, his other movies that come later. It's just that, like I said, he falls into the same shit. It's you know, white trash. It's hillbilly. And, and, that's what the and, word Rape. Yeah. yeah, and see, look, I was going to bring that up when we said that before. Like, look, me, for whenever you're watching a horror movie, you are expecting the unexpected. You want to be scared. You want to be involved in scary situations. No one, people have done it, yes, but they've had to do it a certain way. And he was just like, look, I'm about to fucking really freak people the fuck out. And it worked the first time. You made your point. But it was like people are like, oh, I loved it because it's so, you know, Raw, you know, he don't give a fuck, he'll do whatever, and that's cool. Now you turn tone it down, though. You've done that, but when you do it in every fucking we movie, know it. like like Josh said a second ago, he made a joke that we really didn't like react to, but it was fucking hilarious. And he was said that he wonders that's going to be an awkward rape scene in fucking monsters. Well, no, because I, if it can be in there, it's gonna be in there. Yeah, I that. I reacted to his joke. I kind of set that up. Um, I was going to say, though, just real quick, as I know, I think you had something to say, but I was just want to say this real quick. If Rob Zombie remade a movie, the movie he should have remade was I Spit on Your Grave. That would have been right up his alley. Because that's a movie about fucking rape and revenge and yeah. violent deaths. And, and I, but to, to sort of piggyback off of that, I think Zombie is a lot like Tarantino. This is. Only time I'll compare the two, <laughs> because I'll they both like of, feet. I don't think Zombie loves feet as much as Tarantino. No, I was just kidding. But they both have eyeballs, though. Yeah, they do. They both, they both have hair. Have, yeah. They both grew up on seventies cinema. You you can tell it, and the thing. Okay, if Tarantino was digesting 
kung fu movies, westerns, and pretty much anything Tarantino can get his hands on and just like sort of processing it and then showing his love for it. Zombie grew up on horror movies, and you know what was really popular in the 70s, and now it's it's not as prevalent is the rape revenge horror movies that were so scattered throughout the 70s. Rape revenge horror movies was a thing. Like I spit on your grave, last house on the left. Gator bait. Yeah, there's so many. And that's what Zombie grew up on. And that's and it shows through his entire filmography. But you know what? As much as people hate on zombie, I love that zombies making movies like that though. Because something that you're not seeing and you know what talking about Scorsese and all of that and and that whole tirade we went on I love that somebody is doing something different and he's well, very I've, I've talented said, I've said that before that there like certain types of movies need to be made and I think you like probably laughed at me or something you're like yeah that movie's stupid and like but somebody needs to make that movie so that somebody can make that movie later on better Maybe not that movie, but you know what I'm saying. It's like because well, somebody's got to lay the groundwork. Yeah, they're, and they're, and then keep the audience active for it. You know, so if it takes Rob Zombie making some shitty movies so you can get a good movie from somebody else, then cool. Or if you like Rob Zombie, then cool too. Uh, he's not necessarily for me. I like I said, I I think I'm with Daniel on this. Like I have problems with zombie movies, but I appreciate them. Yeah, exactly. Like I like zombie. I can appreciate him. You know what I'm saying? I I I, I do I'd like. I didn't him. appreciate him. I just I don't. But well, yeah, of course. But that's just the word we're saying. Josh trying but, to get me beat up by Rob Zombie. But yeah, he's gonna come looking for us. <laughs> but um, he's like, as soon as I get a day off of this Musters gig, I'm fucking <laughs> these guys on this random God. podcast. <laughs> I'm leaving sure. Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> with my twelve first boots. flight out of Transylvania. <laughs> and I'm going to. Lowood, Mississippi. Well, and he needs but to yeah. cast somebody else besides his fucking wife in a movie. Well, that's a whole other that's issue. A ho- that is that a, is a, a whole, long, whole, a whole other conversation. We, 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 but it is but it is uh, crazy because like I do respect him and I like the fact that he's a horror nerd and he has the opportunity to fucking make movies. Because I mean, hell, dude, if I was in this situation, and I, had the, I think that I would love to make a movie. So if I had that, I would like, I would very much be happy with that. So I don't blame him and all that, you know. What I mean? But yeah. Okay. Speaking of zombie, I gotta ask: Is Michael killing and eating the dogs? I thought that I was established. Know. He says hungry, but it it's, could be. Uh, yeah, it could be just he's hungry could, to kill. Yes, he could be hungry to kill. That's I thought a he was eating the dogs. I thought it was eating the dogs too. He, he eats the dogs and the zombies. He I'd got, like to think that he was eating. Dogs. He ain't got no cash, or he doesn't have. Let me. Let me say ain't. He doesn't. How, do you, how, do, how are you going to assume what a motherfucker's financial situation is? You just because I'm assuming get on top. Well, I'm assuming there wasn't any day. kind of fucking work release program. You don't know that. You don't know Illinois State Mental Hospital. Well, they probably gave how it to him. They you, probably you're right. They probably gave him 500 in cash and they gave him his driver's license. Probably. Yeah, he wouldn't be starving to death because of uh, he would be eating at the hospital. You know what I'm saying? Like I, a couple of days I could see, I, but, but I just kind of I thought he ate the dog. I, I dog. thought he ate the dog. I always assumed that he was eating the dog. But I think that that might have been a deeper a deeper line than people thought, that it might have been just hungry to kill. Hungry to kill, because he is dead. And he would have probably ate, he'd have probably ate the people. He would have probably ate the people if he had a chance. He was a cannibal. I don't know that. I'm he, just making shit up. We don't you don't see that too often though. What cannibalism? 
Besides the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it was a cannibal. But I do think he ate the dog. I, I do, too. I think it's because he was probably fucking hungry. I imagine that asylum food is not good. <sighs> they probably give you shit that's real mushy so you don't use like, I don't know, a pork like, chop bone as a weapon. I don't know. Like, all three of us went to no, you're definitely public clients. education in, in Central Mississippi. Yeah. It's probably the same. Probably some pretty good pizza. So, yeah, or, but it's that fucking piece of meat that you can't tell what it is. And it's got like three layers to it. And one of them is just fucking lard. Oh, the, the lard's the best part. Don't you even know <laughs> hey, shit. I didn't eat I those days, look, man. Fuck that shit. That was he went to a different school. But I'm assuming it's the same goddamn shit. Do y'all oh, remember yes. Shepherd's Pie in school? Yeah. No, motherfucker. We didn't have that. You didn't have Shepherd's Pie. Not at South We didn't have any money. Because y'all got all of it. They did filet on Mondays. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> on Mondays. Oh, filet. But it was like literally a pepperoni, slice of pepperoni. It was weird. Old pepperoni because it was brown. It was just a little thick slice. Of that. We were stupid, though. We didn't know what that was. That was, was not filet like. mignon I, so, Mondays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. filet mignon was on Tuesdays when I went yeah. to school. You were a couple years ahead of me. The, now, when I went to school, when I was in Dallas, when I was going to school at the middle they school. They probably let y'all leave. Well, you, got, you did get to go outside. You didn't have to sit in the cafeteria. You could go outside and eat. But you had a choice, right? Yeah, it was like a fucking buffet in there, right? No, it wasn't a buffet. I mean, you know, but you did have a choice. Like you could get like a burger or a sandwich type of thing in one line with fries. Yeah. Or you could go through and get like a more traditional type meal. And that's a one. buffet for Carthage. Carthage like, you're having Dude. shitty pizza. Bam. And you're so, like, you know what? It's cheap as fuck, but it's pizza. delicious. That yeah. is not shitty pizza. Hayden had the conversation with me like not too long ago. He was like, it's weird, man. Because that pizza, you can tell, is like made of nothing but bullshit. Obviously not saying that. <laughs> But he was like, but it's so good. Yeah, it sh- I know it shouldn't be as good as it is, but it's so delicious. Did would your pizza was your pizza in South Lee? Yeah, the pizza. The, yeah, it was, of course, it was school pizza. It has to fit in the tray. Yeah, yeah they're getting all that. Dude, Mississippi schools are getting it from the. I think the pizza place. might have been square everywhere. You know, because it was square in other states when I went. The, when I, lived I in would there. think. You know, no shit. There is. And look, we'll get back to the episode. This might be the longest episode ever. This is the first time we're talking in person. I love it. It's amazing. I love you guys. Uh, there's a pizza thing. It's only so long because you just add in fluff. Fluff is good. There's a pizza that who did what tonight. Thank you, Daniel. There's a pizza. There's a, there's a thing that you can get in Sweden that's microwavable. Yeah. It's square. That is just like the pizza. It's cool. cool. It's called Billy's. Like, so, I've only seen it in Sweden. Dude, they're Honestly, feeding you been. cardboard pizza in Sweden. <laughs> oh, it's like for poor folk, dude. Hey. I feel so, it's I like, feel so redneck about it. Yeah. Like, I love it. So and I it's like, it's funny because it's like uh, Vienna sausages. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't fuck with it. It's like sausages. I'm fucking, it's funny because oh. every once in a while I'll be like, fuck it. Because I do like them, but you can't eat too many of them. Because it is like you start thinking about what what am I eating? But I do yeah. like them every once in a while. I can I can get a can. You know, you eat a can, one can. A can it. maybe once a year or two. Well, I mean, I can eat it more than that. But I mean, it's, I mean, if but, I had to survive on it, I'd be fucking that shit up because I do like it. No, if if I if, like if I buy some Vienna sausages, it's one can a day. That's it. One because I'm 41 and all the fucking sodium will make you swell up like a balloon. Oh, for sure. Um. But two, yeah, you just start to feel like you're dying after you eat more than whatever's in one can. And if I'm feeling really fancy. Yeah, you feel your arteries clogging. Yeah. If I'm feeling really fancy, though, I'll get some prairie belt sausages. They're good. Well, I say they're good. Some people like to heat them up. 
Some people eat them with fucking mayonnaise for some reason. I don't understand the fascination with mayonnaise and putting that on shit. But anyways, I want to say one more thing about pizza real quick. Then we can get back to the last 30 minutes of this movie. Y'all have all eaten Totino's pizzas, right? Yes. Yep. You ever microwave a Totino's pizza? No. I think that I always eat them in the oven. The way they're supposed to be, because there's no yeah. directions to microwave them. Oh, no, no, just I bring this up because I see people do it, and I see people it do it at like work. It just be a really floppy melting. Well, I'm, mess. I'm getting to that. Yeah, I'm saying. So I see people do it at work every now and then. They'll, they'll microwave it, and then it just comes out, and it's all kind of like soggy and mushy. And then they fold that bitch up like a taco. Oh, that's eat so it. gross! It is. And when I see that's it, so and when I see it, I'm like, the crust would be bad for me. I don't, yeah. I don't think I would dig that. I ate tortillas today, actually. Because when you cook I didn't it in the do oven that. or air fryer, if you got an air fryer, those things are amazing. They do things yeah. that you, they shouldn't do. I've yeah, air fried a ribeye and put it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do. But yeah, like throw it in the air fryer. I'm sure you'd be way better off cooking it in the air fryer than uh, with the microwave. Like I feel like air fryers. No, are the, be microwave, the microwave. The microwave. I will say this: the one thing that I think is better in a microwave, steak. Yeah, yeah, that is exactly it, man. You fucking knew. No, huh? I knew. No, the the Totino's pizza rolls. Toastinos pizza. What See, I like them in the oven too. I don't like them be as crispy. They dry to me. They dry out. Yeah, I like them being crispy. They're yeah, crispy, but then they're, but then they're dried out. And there's nothing in them. Air fryer is the best way to eat pizza rolls. Well, I need I'm to try that. I have, We're not. There's no I'm, air fryer. You're not telling. I got it. Episode. I've got an air fryer. Actually, I got air fryers it. are great. I recently upgraded my air fryer, so I got a dual basket air fryer. Man, so I can, so amazing. that way you don't have to cook like because you know the drawback of an air single basket air fryer, right? You cook your popcorn chicken, then you got to cook your fucking fries, and you got to wait, and then when it gets cold, by the time you get your other one done, yeah. get the dual basket, sink those bitches up, both get done at the same time. That's amazing. It's very much worth it. Brought to you by Instapot. <laughs> the <laughs> only pot. Look, I would love a free air fryer, so if anybody wants to sponsor this and give me a free air fryer. Yeah, come on, Instapot. You just got to ship it to Sweden. Sweden. You can't take take it on the plane because you got too many toys. I got too many toys. Oh, exactly. But anyway, the getting back to the movie. Yeah, let's like so. Let's talk about the best part of the movie. Linda and Bob are fucking dead. They died. He dressed up, was fucking walking around. Yeah, no. Look, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. He is. He puts all the fucking ghost outfits. Movie. If you're fine with him finding a sheet and cutting eye holes in it and dressing up like Bob. Yeah, but if you're fine with that, then everything that happens after this, be cool with. Yeah, he's a trickster. That is true, and it's funny because in this movie, it's like you got him being serious, and he's just you know watching and all that. It's like he's like lifeless, you know. Mm -hmm. But then he throws on the the little costume or whatever to trick her and us. Well, not us. We fucking knew, but for a second, whatever. However, no, he had already killed him by then, so it didn't trick us at all. Sorry about that, but. To fuck with her head games, who gives a shit, right? It is very out of character. It's an iconic scene. It really is, but it is out of character. It is, Michael, but you know? but you go for it in this movie. Yes, you do because you you're learning this person. He yeah. might have a silly side. Hopefully, not as silly as Freddy Krueger's, but that's a whole other conversation oh, as well. That that's gonna be fun. But he's killed them. We've seen a like you said a lighter side of him, but and. Let me just say, as we as we progress on, I do want to say it because uh, I see it in my notes here. Uh, it is funny how Michael was just squatting beside the car when Annie and Lindsay are running to Tommy's house. Like, they run by, you know, the camera pans. Yeah. And then you see Michael just rise up. 
Yeah. Like he was just squatting for however long. He might have been taking a shit. He could have been. I mean, he just ate dog. Look, dog that shit runs just through you like it crazy. Trust does. me. It, it, it just he's just water out of his asshole. <laughs> yeah, shit through a screen door kind of. Thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's funny. I wonder how long he was squatting there waiting. Yeah, I know, right? Like he's got to be a mastermind to time all this out, or he's a moron and looks very stupid a lot of the time. I think it's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. I think so. But it is funny because, you know, after he pulls this little fucking costume show and kills the bitch and all that and everything, gets a little show of his ass like she shows those titties. He's dressed like Bud Davis and Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice. Yeah, exactly. So he ends up going um, to the main event. Yep. Where he goes to try to get him some lore. And then he immediately becomes ineffective. Yeah, the kids get out of there so quick. That is one thing I really like about it is like, it's like, it's so funny because it's like, she finally becomes a good babysitter. It's like, okay, there's a psychopath around. She's a great baby. You got to get the fuck out of here. Great baby. Number one priority, you have to get the fuck out of here. And we got to figure this out. I mean, look, I've been shotgunning Bud in your face all night. Yeah. (laughs) I will get you to safety. Yeah. (laughs) Pretend you're Proton Man and get the fuck out of here. She she gets the, uh, yeah, but she gets the children to safety and then Michael just misses every opportunity to kill her. Oh, dude. He is, he is completely blown his load. He's been super, he's so tired. he's, He's been super efficient all night. And then now, he takes it was the first ones when she's on the couch, right? Yeah. And he he stabs down and he grazes her arm gently. I mean, yeah. I think Josh had a bigger cut on his finger trying to get out of the bathroom at Black Axes than Lori. Oh, had. I know I did. I bled a lot more than Lori Strode. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then he has her at the uh, uh, stairs, also, right? And in the closet. Yes. And see, one of those scenes that you kind of blew through all of them, but one of those scenes, like one of the, we get one of the iconic fucking. You know, shots. And I love it. It still works today. I haven't watched an Ultra 18K fucking good God. Well, you can't do that on your 11-inch TV. Yeah, well, it's (laughs) 11 and a half. I keep it clean, okay? But it's funny because watching it like it's supposed to be watched, that shit is so fucking great because it's just the darkness. You can When you know what you're looking for, you can see that little bit of a silhouette. But then that white that comes out and it's just the mask. That that's the best is shot in the movie. how shit is done. That is the best shot in the movie. That is a fucking epic shot, and that is awesome. But yes, it's a great shot. He had a great approach, but his follow through was just yeah. terrible. He was fucking horrible. Had her dead to rights and misses her. I mean, she didn't even evade. Look, he just missed. If this movie was made in twenty twenty two, as we yeah. record now, she has been. It would have been raked over the coals, but. That shot yeah. that you're just talking about, I just, we're a movie podcast. We need to give love to Dean Cundy, who's the DP on this, who went on to work with Spielberg yeah. and did Jurassic Park. He did the thing. He worked with Carpenter for a while. Dean Cundy, you know, it's a low budget movie. It doesn't look low budget from. Yes, exactly. Wait, do you I think mean, they shot to get raked over to Coles today? Him missing on the stairway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like no, no. All of his misses. All oh. his deliberate all misses, misses so the final girl think, could lose. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know that it would get raked over to Coles because I feel like if the movie was made now, which I know they're still making Halloween movies, so don't be like, they are making. But but they are making. They are. But what, but what saying, are you talking about? They are I'm making. I'm saying, yeah, and, and look at it now. Like, but they're still making them. 
Shut up and I let see. me make my fucking point, <laughs> yeah. you bastard. Like, Lori would have never been that vulnerable. We'll see. Because I- it's, like we talked about in other fucking episodes, like Heroes Now, you know, got to look badass all the time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the, the other problem, though, with kind of counter, you know, uh, contradicts what you're saying is that if you're comparing it to nowadays, man, people are fucking used to crazy shit. She could be missing fucking fingers. You know what I mean? She could be slashed off. He he wouldn't have to make those misses. He no, could actually he, stab he, he, he the shit out of her. her up, yeah. Just missed her. She just survives. Because no. we have to have more gore. This well, is yeah, that not, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a complete yeah, fucking right. difference. This movie is We're not in 1978 anymore. So we would have to definitely have a lot more. But for the time, you know what I mean? You can't cut up your fucking final girl as bad as we're talking about. You know, so to, to go back is, is a little bit, but I do understand what you mean. I was I thinking, agree. I was thinking of like the, the Jason hero Statham is way too fucking awesome scenario. Yeah. Like the, the hero is too much of a hero. You try to convince us that this is a fucking seventeen-year-old girl who babysits and shy, scared about asking her boyfriend whatever. She's not going to become a badass and, in five seconds. Yes, but that's yeah. yeah. And then these days, that's how it happens. Exactly. Oh, well, my dad taught me self-defense. He pulls out some fucking nunchucks. <laughs> and then she's going to be fucking what's-her-face from Nightmare 4. Lori showed Alice. She's Alice. 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 Alice in this bitch. Except, but at least there was an explanation for Alice. Yeah, well, yeah. The dream powers. The dream powers. explain to me. Y'all hate four. I like four. I didn't say I hate four. I hate five. Yeah. Five is fucking terrible. Yeah, we'll get And we'll cover it again. And it's going to be the worst episode ever because it was the worst episode when we covered it. We never did five. Yeah. Not five. Oh, no. Freddy's dead. Dream Child's going to be a shit show. So. That movie's fucking terrible. No, if now, like, if this exact same movie was made now, Lori would save Loomis. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and that is, that's now and then, and that's, it now is a little frustrating because. She's been fucking John Wick. You know, they go overboard. So you true. can evolve. Exactly. You can evolve. That's fine. That's what we do. You know what I mean? We, we should. Because if it's the same old, same old, it's going to be boring. So we should evolve, right? But sometimes in the little jumps, in the evolution, there's too much being done about one thing. Well, everybody, and that's when it gets old and that's when you get yeah. those problems. Everybody jumps on the same bandwagon and does yes. all the same tricks and all the, it's and like, no, the final girl needs to be fucking scared shitless because in real life we would be scared shitless. No, it doesn't, it doesn't if have to always be. Someone in here now to try to fucking kill us would be freaking the fuck you out could, if he was masked and just coming at us lifelessly with a yeah. knife. You can have, like, if it's like, you know, one movie, as long as it's not every movie, but if it's like a movie where you make it and like, oh, your final girl actually turns out like, you know, she's been doing all this shit. Sir Connor. Yeah. Yes. And then, okay, cool. But it can't be every fucking movie where, you know, it's like a Steven Seagal movie where all of a sudden, you know, they're invincible. And they're, your next did that perfectly. Just like, a side note. I, well, can I finish my statement? Please. Thanks. Please. You know, where the fucking killer just runs into their fit. You see, you threw off the timing of the Steven Seagal joke. God damn it. Anyways. I don't know. What? I've never seen a Steven Seagal. You are lying, you jackass, because you were like, hey, let's watch Hard to Kill again. No, oh, that's good. I've seen a couple. I do like yeah, but you, Seagal, but you know, but I know that like, he got crazy. And, well, it was notorious, like, in his movies, like, where awesome. nobody could land a punch on him. Like, I was, like, in his fucking contract or something. It's so, like, when you watch all his early movies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. only time he got fucked up was in uh, Hard to Kill, and that was just central to the plot of the movie. one of the only movies I've seen of yeah. Steven Seagal. Well, that was central to the fucking plot of the movie. The rest of his movies, man, when he goes, like, after the bad guy... Like in uh, Out for Justice, when he fights uh, William Forsythe's character, character, Richie doesn't land any fucking punches. Man, Steven Seagal's fucking his shit up the whole time. That's it. 
But it's funny because like it. that is what's really funny about the whole uh, Steven Seagal one note pony or <laughs> whatever the fuck not. you know what I mean. But um, but yeah, you don't have to change the formula that much, especially in a time like now where everyone is getting off over nostalgia. You could literally remake the same movie updated slightly, and it would be a fucking hit. You know what I mean? You got to do it right, though. And whenever you start focusing on the wrong things now at the time, you think that they're right because you're wanting to put some point across. You are coming away from the fucking story at hand. And that's why they shouldn't make. That's why I love Lori as the final girl here, because she is scared fucking shitless. She literally it looks like a 17 year old girl getting attacked. Doing anything she can, but scared shit. The she, only thing that was missing was her pissing herself. She reacted. If she the way pissed that herself and then put that you know makeup on her, like wet her fucking pants or whatever, then it would be like, oh my god, it would have made it so much more real. But that that was too early, though. We're talking about you know a little bit later, where it's like, good god, you know, motherfuckers gonna piss themselves yeah. type shit. That it's not like it's an embarrassing thing. I would fuck 17 years old getting fucking attacked like this by some fucking madman. Exactly. I'd piss myself. That's what I'm saying. She, she reacted the and way. I've already been stabbed. She reacted the way that anybody would have reacted. Yeah, Any normal well, person would have reacted. Like fucking Sarah Connor. And, yeah. And, and I know, <clears> like, because we've all done it where we watch movies and we're like, oh, I'd have done this and I'd have done that. Well, you don't really know because you haven't been in that situation. And. Yeah, yeah panic we, is a real and thing. And then you make stupid decisions <laughs> and then you hide in fucking closets. Yes. Like, but she, she did do one thing that, like, was, it seemed semi smart, but Michael immediately just saw through that bullshit because, you know, he's had years of top level education at the uh, mental asylum. And she opened up the window to make it look like she went out. Yeah. And then she went and hid in the closet. And he's like, fuck that. I know you're in here, bitch. Yeah. As we're talking about Final Girls and Jamie Lee Curtis and Carpenter, Deborah Hill, allowing her to be vulnerable. One of the things they did do, they did add, like, there is a certain amount of resolve to her because that closet scene, how she does get the close anger. Yeah. And she makes it into a point. Just that little small thing, like, it's that is brilliant. If that's perfect final girl mentality, I have to get some type of weapon, even if it's a fucking coat hanger. When's the last time you've uh, undid a coat hanger, though? Well, she had to do a straight and hookup. No, because she undid the whole thing because she straightened. Oh, yeah, that's right. She straightened the whole thing. It's a bitch. Yeah, that's right. Like I, oh, yeah, I could imagine that'd be a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah she and got that, I, that quick. Man. That's like, some thick ass fucking metal that's tight, that's wound very tight. And I have to assume that, was, that uh, coat hangers was a haven't dollar. been made since 1978. Yeah. So, any coat hanger you're fucking with now yeah, this is brittle plastic. 1970s. Yeah. yeah. Brittle plastic now, man. If a killer chases you into the closet, you're fucked. No, just no, break, man, that you break that shit. You got a shiv, man. Yeah. Slice until, their fucking until ass. It, until it breaks in your hand, trying to puncture your skin because it's so I mean, cheap. But now you it's got like, yeah, man. You get the bottom of them. You break both hands off that bottom. You got a fucking foot and a half. Yeah. Goddamn little knife. So, you, yeah, that would just, work. Just couldn't let now, the Halloween could, Kills told could, me to just break for us and life. Couldn't let the joke out. Yeah, my bad. Son of a bitch. I was just trying to help your you brother's probably gonna, Your brother's going to hear that. <laughs> your brother's going to hear that and let you know that you stepped hanger. all over. Yeah, no, he's definitely going to let me hear that. Hey, I'm going to hear that for sure. But it is funny because, like, you know, we were talking about Final Girls, went off on all kind of crazy shit. But Jamie Lee Curtis and, and, and her portrayal of Lori is fucking great. 
You know what I mean? When we look at these other, you know, we've already done, um, you know, one, we've done Texas Chainsaw and she was a great final girl too, because she was for the same reasons, freaking the fuck out, just trying to survive. Yeah. She was also a really, really good performance and shit. But then we're about to get into where, you know, she's going to start like, I'm going to make, you know, nightmare, you know, Nancy's about to be, you know, Fucking making she, booby she traps. She read and shit a like book, that. man. She did read a book, and that is good. For and that, she for did that all those booby traps in like fifteen minutes. We talked about and this, and yeah. you'll get a chance to talk about it. Of course we will. But I'm just saying, whenever it comes to the just scared girl getting attacked, that works because it's true. She's a seventeen year old girl getting attacked, and it, it makes sense how she acts. And Jamie Lee Curtis did a really good job at that, but. Then Loomis runs then in Loomis the last second, comes in, finally fucking pays off. Yes, for finally you being worth movie. something. Yeah, it just comes barreling in out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know if that was. Dance. Yep, I don't exactly. know if that was six noises or not. Before he falls out, yeah, he fucking he looks like does the yep. music video. Yeah, Loomis unloads on his. Ass. You know what would have made the very end of the movie better is if when she um, she asked Loomis if that was the boogeyman, and then he said yes, he was. If Tommy Doyle would have popped up out of nowhere and been like, I told you, bitch. Yeah, I know, right? But it is so great. Like, you bringing that quote up, it, it is nice because it's just like such a fucking great end to the movie. Oh. Yeah, because it's just over. It, it, he fucking blasts his ass out the window. She's like, was that the boogeyman now that she feels safe? Even though this guy fucking unloaded his weapon and she hadn't seen him un- like reload yet. I'd still be a little worried. But she, you know, whatever. He falls. And then when he goes up to look. And then you see that empty lawn with the body print, and you hear the fucking theme music. No, it's but so the good, beautiful man. part of that is you see the empty lawn. You see, because Loomis doesn't even answer Lori. Yeah. She knows by his reaction to Michael being gone, but then how they do the quick cutaways to where it's outside. Yeah. It's in the house. Michael could be. Anywhere. And you hear the, the fucking ragged ass breathing. Yes. And you hear he the breathing. That, that is bad. That Wait a minute. What, what did just, he not answer? I don't. I don't. I don't he did, answered. Did no, he, answer he definitely. Yeah, he said it was. She asked. No, when he looks, he looks, she knows immediately that he's gone. Yes. Because she starts crying. That's yeah. it. Yeah, sorry. But she knows yeah, immediately. It's really fucking awesome, man. They. That's why this shit is done so well. And that's why it holds such esteem. Yeah. You know, like. It's such a good fucking movie. Okay, yeah. Actually, actually, I just want to stop because we do have a segment on the show that we just completely negated, but we're going to cut back to it. Daniel, just pick a random spot, and we're going to go to the segment of Daniel cashes in his two cents. Random paragraph, Daniel. Let's hear it. Babysitting the kids, Lindsay doesn't listen for shit. <laughs> Lester, the German shepherd, tries to be a hero. Tommy sees the boogeyman outside. You would think he was coming for Tommy and Lori, but he goes to where Annie is. Nice touch, Carpenter. Annie doesn't give a shit about anything. A pot falls outside the window. The dog goes crazy outside the same window. The window she was just changing in front of. (laughs) Wow. She would get a shitty review for the babysitting on Yelp, if you ask me. (laughs) Laurie and Tommy carve up a pumpkin. Pumpkin. Lindsay is too sucked into the thing to be bothered with answering the phone until it rings nine fucking times. She rats out Annie immediately about being stuck in the window. 
the good old days when you just shook a huge box of Tide or Clorox too over your washer. <laughs> Annie continues to be a terrible sitter and decides to go fuck a dude, so she brings Lindsay to Lori's next door. Big mistake. Yo, uh, wait, she probably saved Lindsay's life. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, you're right. You know what I'm saying? You're, 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 uh, that's very fucking true, because at least she was around everyone else. So, uh, good point. It, you know, speaking of that scene that. So, you're ready to do you want another one? <laughs> Hang on, I, I do want to acknowledge, yeah. like, Carpenter lets this movie breathe. Yeah. Sometimes to a fault. Yeah. But sometimes to great effect. And there is a scene to where. Annie is getting butter on her yeah. or, or, or dealing with the butter situation. Yeah. Like the there's thing a, that's going to get her out of the house and yeah. alone. Yeah. And be then, murdered. And then like, there's this, this, this lingering shot and you see like the window behind her or the door and you see her and it's nothing. And then it just does something. Then you see Michael and then it'll cut away. And then It'll come back to Annie and Michael's gone. And those little moments that Carpenter just gives us of just Michael just he's just looming. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. He is everywhere yeah, watching. And, and there's no telling who he's watching and who's asked. Yeah. So that is he's very always nice. watching. Yeah. Whether he's watching Lori from across the street, whether I don't know how he sees Tommy, but when Tommy sees him, it does look like Michael's just watching Tommy. Yeah. Like he's always there. He, again, I've said it 36 times in this podcast, the boogeyman. Like he's always around you. Yeah. I don't know. He like, is always lurking. And that is what's so great. And that's what we, you, you had brought it up. And I'm glad you did because I was going to forget. But that fucking final segment, whenever they are showing just all of these locations. He could be in the anywhere. Way. They did fuck up. Because they showed the women's bathroom? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they showed uh, the couch where Michael's knife was. Oh, and and all of was this, it? Yeah. Yeah. And all of these were shots. Like, I watched the, uh, did you watch that Netflix show? Um, how did this get made? Yeah, how it's made. Yeah, how it's made. It's on they History did Channel or yeah. some shit like that. It's on Netflix. Are you talking about the original How It's Made? No, no, no it's been playing for like eighty goddamn years. No, the new one. Um, movies that made us. Sorry. Oh, movies. No, I haven't watched any of them, but I have thought about. Yeah, that they, for they sure. talked about Halloween, and they were talking yeah. about Tommy Lee Wallace, who was the editor. Yes, and went on to direct Halloween three, and he was talking about like just having these B shots to clip because they they filmed what they could. Yeah, there was no extra footage. Yeah, so all the I'm shots sure with it being low budget, they did it exactly what they could with the time they had. Yeah, so all these shots you see at the end, yeah, were straight shots from the movie that they just spliced. Yeah, and on that you see like Michael's knife when it's cutting at the very end. See so that that, but like I said, it's so great. You had brought it up, thankfully, you know. But that is such a great scene because it is perfect way, and then that fucking music, the music, like, it's so epic. And then they just fucking, as soon as he looks and sees that, 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 that there's no one there on the ground, it's that music starts getting, because we are all in danger. The people in the story and the viewers, you know, we're feeling that like, oh shit, this isn't over. You yeah. Know? Now it is over, but it's like, holy fuck, that's so great. There's no explanation. 
He's just not fucking dead, and he's gone. No, he's anywhere. And then that's what makes the beginning of Halloween. I'm not getting into that, but that's what makes it so great is that he immediately. Now he's shot six times. There should be some type wait, of something. Wait, bone. How many times? You can't just do that, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shot him six times. <laughs> exactly. But it's just funny as hell because like now, but he's going immediately. He went immediately next door to kill. Yep. Which doesn't make a lot of sense with the story and all that, but just the thought of him being that monster. Yep. He's done here. He got shot out of the window. He fucking starts to walk and he finds somebody who kills them and he just continues on. That's yeah. what I think the David, I, I'll just end it here. Uh, I think that's what the David Gordon Green gets completely right. That's yeah. wrong. It's just being a killing machine. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he spent his whole movie stalking, like the, the group of people he went after in this movie, he stalked. And at the beginning of Halloween Kills, when, you know, whatever happens, he didn't stalk none of those people. Those are just random people. Like, the first 60 minutes of this movie is him creeping on Lori and her pals. Yeah. And but, fucking, like, staring right. at Tommy outside in the fucking yard. Yeah. But I like looking at him as um, he is that. He's just darkness. He yeah. is just death. He's death. He is going to come through and kill everything that moves. And I have had my issues with why did he bump into the fucking kid in the first movie, in this movie, and not just He was being considerate. I actually have in my saying? notes. He saved like, that kid from falling. Yeah, for real, right? But yeah, <laughs> kill, but yeah, kill everything or have a reason for killing. That's why I didn't mind it whenever in the second movie. I was like, oh, shit, this is his baby sister. Little twist, whatever. I don't mind that, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was before they started beating it to death when it comes to family being linked well, to that, these killers. That yeah, that was a uh, that was the thing in the eighties. Yeah, I everybody know. has everybody to be related to the killer. It's like oh well, it's got to be your relative and all that. But see, I didn't mind them linking it like that to give us a reason that he was so focused on her because it's not he followed her before he sees her at the fucking house, right? Or was that the first time he laid eyes? The on first her? time was when she dropped off the, the key. key. That's the reason well, then, why okay, he that started all connection. Of it. So then, yeah, I could get that with him or whatever, you know, but I do enjoy him being that lifeless, fucking soulless, mm. just killing machine and going next door and just killing. I did very much enjoy that in the uh, new Halloweens or whatever, that he is just fucking evil. He's just dead. We all know what happens. He's to evil tonight, right? Yeah. No, God. All it does once, tonight. All it does once. tonight. Evil dies, dies tonight. tonight. Yes. Do you want to say it 87 more times so we can tie the movie? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> can, it's like can, almost like a seance. Can, I mean, really, right? Can we call Anthony Michael Hall and see if he'll say it for us? I'm sure that? he would. If we got cameo. <laughs> exactly. If you want to donate oh my to this. God, podcast. that would be so funny to set up. What is it they say, Anthony? And then it's like his one second paying him $2,000 to say evil dies tonight. Which is not even something that we would want him to say from fans of him from earlier oh, movies. Oh, God, you know? I could, yeah. But, uh, um, I mean, no, he made Johnny be good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, but Here's yeah, that pretty much movie a football brings us one. to the end of it. You know, so the movie's fucking great. We all love it. I know that, but we will go to what? We're rankings? In, yeah. You said you wanted me to go last. Yeah, we're going to let you go last. You never go last. That sounds good. You, you, you usually go first. And yeah. Me and Josh usually alternate like last. Um, okay, I'll go. The movie should have had more Loomis. Put that out there. Should have had more Loomis in the movie. Could have used a lot more Loomis and a lot less Annie. It would have it would have filled the drawn out spots better. The movie was 91 minutes long. 
but it feels like it's two hours long. And that's, once again, a large part just to that middle section of the movie. First part of the movie is fine when you're setting up the characters. You're establishing Michael as a menace, you know, with a little exposition from Loomis. He's stalking people. He's kind of building towards the end. But then you get that, and we talked about it, the long, drawn-out section of, you know, where it just becomes the Annie story. And he's making popcorn. Oh, Annie spilled some butter. Annie's got stripped down to her fucking panties in this kitchen while she's babysitting, which didn't make any fucking sense. Uh, and then walk out to the washroom. You can walk to the washroom and then strip. I don't know, whatever. I, it, it doesn't even make sense. It's like there was no reason for it in the movie, but whatever. It just. And then she gets stuck in the window and she's in the washroom for what seems like an eternity. All for you know false scares. Just it was it was drawn out. Michael's breathing. I could have done without that. You know, and then thankfully they got rid of that in other movies. You know, Michael becomes ineffective at the end. And it might sound like I'm shitting on the movie, but I really like the movie. It's just. You know, I guess one of the issues with like slash movies like this is when they have lower body counts. Because how many kills do they have, Daniel? I saw you had it on your uh, totals. There. Five kills. Five kills. And one of them is that including see. the tow truck driver? Yeah. So you don't even. Yeah. See so you that. don't even see one of them. So no. you have like four kills. Five and a half if you include the dog. Whatever. But I mean, you have like five kills though, and you don't see one of them. And see, usually in these movies, they're spaced out a little bit, right, to kind of keep you interested. And it doesn't happen here. They happen in a relatively short amount of time towards the end. And then you get the typical or stereotypical, like the final girl discovers all the bodies thing happening. But when you have a movie with a low body count, how do you keep the person interested in the movie? And in this case, the answer would have been more Loomis and less Annie. Um, I agree. Yeah. But the, the last 30 minutes of the movie are fantastic. The first 30 minutes of the movie are great. The, uh, the music is fantastic. I like John Carpenter. I think um, Jamie Lee Curtis did a good job. Obviously, obviously, Donald Pleasance did a great job. It's a good movie. Rob, probably not as good as I remembered it. At one point, I had it much, much higher than where I do now. But I'd say four stars. Now, I, th- I think the middle part of the movie just drags it down. And if you could have found something... And I don't even know if the answer is Loomis, but if you could have just done something different than us watching Andy make fucking popcorn, popcorn and, yeah. and get caught in a laundry room that had no fucking That still amazes me how they've lingered on that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost like, man, we don't have something to fill this time with. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do? And I don't know. You know, maybe space out some of the kills or something. I don't know. Do something just to where... Because at that point, there's like no tension. There's, there's no tension when she's making fucking popcorn and she's stripping. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's um, it, You just lose it there for a minute. I do then, feel like then, they could have spaced the kills out a little bit. And then you come back, and like I said, the last 30 minutes is you know fucking amazing. And and I say it's a four-star movie. I will say this, though. Without the without the score, though, it's um, a three-star movie. Because mm. the music goes a long way in this movie to making it what it is. Yeah, because it builds that suspense. Because then, yeah, if you don't have that, especially in the beginning, if you don't have that in the beginning, when he's watching them, then you just got some dude standing around fucking watching people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was, like if you were muted while there was no dialogue, but there was. You wouldn't be scared. Score. Or you wouldn't feel Yeah, tension. and then you just like unmuted it once they started talking to shit like that. It would not, it would just be weird. So but yeah. that, that four music, stars. Yeah. Four, four, four. Yeah. So obviously, not. Overtaken Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me. Two movies in. Okay. Still a respectable finish at number two, though. 
Yeah, coming in at a uh, hot number two. Out of two. Uh, out of yeah. two, yeah. Uh, you know, I... Surprisingly, I agree with everything you just said. Like, this movie does drag in parts. Um, it, I dare say, becomes a little tedious. The Annie, everything else. But with all that being said, you know, even when we get to Friday the 13th, like, I think there are two MVPs of that movie. And one of those is Manfred Denny. Spoiler alert. And this one, it is Carpenter, but he is also behind the camera. And what is presented to us, even if you take out that little middle chunk that kind of can bore you to tits, I think this is more of a, this is more of a suspense movie. And I'm here for it. And the ending, you know, I go see a Pearl Jam concert and they just play a lot of songs off by Nuriel. And then if they end with Elderly Woman, I'm, I'm like, that's a fucking badass concert. And what Carpenter gave us was a, a great, great encore. He ends it on such a strong note. And there has been many articles, many podcasts, many breakdowns, many analyzing of this movie that I am not intelligent enough to do. So I'll just say that there's a reason why this movie will live forever and you won't. Uh, it's four <laughs> and a half stars for me. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I like it more than Texas Chainsaw Master. So, yeah. See, it's funny, man, because uh, for me, I thought you gave Chainsaw Five. Maybe then I'm going to have to retroactive that because I, I would watch this before Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I guess I'm going too deeper into whatever. But if I were to compare the two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus Halloween, if it's, you know, I usually watch horror movies, you know, around fucking October. Mm-hmm. I, I like horror movies all the time, but I will be like, I want to get a good horror movie fix this is my during month. the time yeah. of October, you know. And... Halloween's definitely going to be on there. And I know it's unfair because I am going to watch it on Halloween. Got to watch Halloween on Halloween, you know, um, for me. But even if it was just like I went to a fucking random person's house and we're sitting there waiting on something and they're like, nothing to do. The motherfucker's got two movies. And he's like, hey, I'm going to choose Halloween. Yep. Depending on if I have watched it well. I haven't seen either one in 10 years. Halloween's the, definitely what I'm going with. But for me, uh, when it comes to Halloween, it does have its slow moments. It does have its small issues. And they could have done a few things differently to make it flow a little bit better. But they could have killed Annie a little bit quicker. And then they could have put a Loomis scene in between the... Um, scenes with uh, Linda and her dude and I think the thing was, would have been a little bit better but they did what they did they, it does have its flaws it does have its slow points but I definitely definitely like this movie we talked about the score being very very chilling very good mood, mood music you know and sets up a lot of the tense feelings when you're watching a horror movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the fact that that's done by John Carpenter as well, 
You know, not only is he directing it, he fucking wrote the motherfucker with the chick and Nate's doing the music. This is his baby. And you can see that he put a lot of love into it. You know, that's what you had said something about the smoke in the fit in the frame. That's mm-hmm. really fucking funny. Cause it's like, he puts like a watermark he threw out there and be like, this is me behind the camera making, cause this is his baby. And he did something fucking amazing with such a small budget back then, you know, and he made an iconic character. It's going to live on forever. You know, well, now people do different things with it. And it's funny because something else that I was going to bring up earlier was Mustafa Akkad. That dude is like, wait, what? How much money did this thing fucking yeah. make? And he was like, cool. Y'all want to make another one? Sounds good. Just put my fucking name. And he fucking rode that train all the way he did. until he- 2005 when he died in the Amman bombings and Jordan yeah he, he made it's, it that where you couldn't kill fucking money he put it in there where you couldn't like permanently kill Myers though yeah like it so like it didn't move there had to be like an out yeah yeah well he knew he knew that this was a great return with Biscuit Wheels <laughs> yeah and let <laughs> yeah. it go as long as possible yeah. he was probably seeing these other movies where it's like oh okay they chopped Jason's head off but he's fucking back and now you gotta explain he's back because of some white you know, he's like, fuck that shit. They can kill him. They can knock him down. They could do something that would kill a normal man aside from that yeah. shit, but keep him alive because we're going to keep bringing him back as long as the people want him. And it's fucking 2022. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And um, we're still getting fucking Halloween movies. And his ass would still be attached to them motherfuckers. The sun's attached now. You know what I mean? Like, but it's just funny because that's one of the things that I noticed, like, uh, or, or I noticed whenever I was doing my little bit of research or whatever, he had his name on every fucking one of them until the day he died. And like you said, now his son's carrying that. But uh, just like Carpenter got paid like 10000 and got like, what, 10% um, profits off of the movies that came out? Like, it's crazy because he's like, look, he didn't get paid a fucking dime pretty much. For making this fucking movie, but he fucking knew that the people were gonna love it. So he was like, 10% profits is gonna be fine. And look at it now. It fucking made him, which is great because so much more came from that. Like you said, he fucking hit his prime in the 80s. It's because he had a name, he could do whatever the fuck he wanted. And luckily, he gave us the thing. He gave us big trouble. He gave us all of these movies that were fucking good. So Halloween for me. It's a big ass movie. I, um, you know, a side note, originally titled The Babysitter Kill, The Babysitter Killers or Murders. That's <laughs> the it. Babysitter Killers. Hey, yeah, the killings is what I was trying to say drunkenly. Yeah, if it was Kurt Russell just slaying <laughs> babysitter pussy. There you go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But anyway, um, Kurt Russell should have been in The Warriors. Is it's, it's kind of strange rule. Dude. It's really <laughs> crazy, man, because he did fucking very well. And like, I love that fucking movie. A lot. I gave it a four and a half. And uh yeah, man, it's it's a good one. I fucking love that movie. It's got its problems, but every movie's got something that doesn't vibe. <laughs> no, obviously not every movie. Some movies are just like, holy fuck, that's a perfect movie. But nine times out of ten, they're not slasher movies. You slasher know, movies are gonna have their things, you it, know. Well, slasher I think you should judge each movie based on what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And if they did. You know, and that's the thing, though, because I do feel like 
I, I gave this four and a half, and maybe I gave Texas Chainsaw Massacre five because I don't want to slight either one. I think both of them are masterpieces. Are you you had the right rating the first time on Chainsaw. Look, I don't know if y'all know this bonus from Texas, and he bleeds anything Texas. No, it's, that is true. It, you no, yeah. But I will say this though, because I do think they're both five star movies. Fuck the Houston Texans, man. I was shocked yeah, about I know, yeah. The difference in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween is Halloween's a weighted blanket for me. To where I can wrap myself in a weighted blanket, you know, and yeah. I am comfortable and I can go to sleep because it's Halloween is just ingrained. It's ingrained. It's there's something about like Southern California. We're in the middle of the movie's gonna bore you to sleep. Well, I mean, take your going to sleep. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. when Andy's making that fucking popcorn, you're gonna be like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre had his slow moments too, though. I, I mean, think that the, he, the, the brilliance behind that, I think, is that the fact that John Carpenter knew it was going to be such a slow moment. That's when you went and got your popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> or you that's when you went and cooked. Oh, that's a riot. He was, he's telling us to go eat popcorn right now. Uh, I have no problem missing the next five minutes of this fucking movie. <laughs> where where Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is more of in your face. Yeah. Like, I do feel dirty when I watch it. Oh, it's fucking something else. I mean, yeah. Well, you're supposed to. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable. No, I know. And that's how they, I mean. You need to fear cannibals coming to chop you up. I fear Texas. To make chili out of you. I fear people from Texas. Yeah. You're Texas. Unless we have any listeners from Texas, then I love you and you have a cute butt. And we're sure that you're not chainsaw murderers. But I'm not sure about what you eat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, yeah I don't all that being said, four and a half for me. Four and a half. Four and a half. Was it, it was you. What was and, you? Yeah, look, if, if if I have to retroactive, I'm gonna give it five, and I'll give Texas Chainsaw five. But Halloween gets the nod in terms of. You, yeah, you, it's so gonna be both five. It. Yeah, so it's gotta be both five because I do think they're both. Okay, I got confused. And you're a four, so yeah. four, four and a half, five. I think that's fair. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know if this is the right question for right now because Josh will probably turn it into another two year project. <laughs> What, what would be like your uh, your top three Carpenter movies? Ooh, can, can, I got a great idea though. What is it? A great idea. God Hear me out. Here it goes. We ain't gonna answer this question. After this episode four, we cover Carpenter, but we do two episodes per movie, and then at the end of those Wait sixteen minute, two, movies, two episodes per movie, two episodes per movie, and then after that we rank them, and then we. He's well, only right. setting this shit up. Two episodes per movie or two movies per episode? Every movie no, two we talk about per movie. but Kurt Russell. The yes. second episode is going to be actually We talk about what Kurt, Kurt Russell did in the movie, and yeah. if he wasn't in it, what would he bring to it? The second episode <laughs> is we dissect the movie. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think is perfect. Thank you. And the then more we Kurt Russell, the better. Who's your favorite actor, and why is it Kurt Russell? Yeah, exactly. Top three, Carpenter. Off the top of my head. Halloween, the thing, big trouble. I mean, that's a. I think that that was a pointless question because I'm pretty sure that's where I land to. Now you're going to be big trouble. What well, did you? Well, so did you hated Halloween. the thing. I didn't hate. And the you thing. should burn the shirt you're wearing right oh, now. Oh yeah, that's right. He doesn't like you should thing. give me your copy of the Steelbook so I can have two. Oh, you I, got it. Yes, I forgot to bring you your copy of Texas Chainsaw. I was Steelbook. so excited. I, I meant to. We watch he made sure he didn't give me one. I told so, you I'd get you one. Even though I ranked it five. I'd get you one, you piece of shit. I ranked it five. Um, the order would be Big Trouble Little One, Big Trouble Little China number one, The Thing number two, and then Halloween. 
I just said the same shit. Didn't yeah. think. We all have the well, same. What's, what's your fourth movie? Uh, the Fog for me. Vampires. I love The Fog. Come on, Vampires. Are you being for I'm just fucking being funny. But I just watched over. Vampires recently. Let's save this for the John Carpenter a-thon. It would be either They Live or Escape from New York. For me, I, I think The Fog is the most perfect summer afternoon, windows up, or air conditioner on. I'm just... It feels like a cold movie when I watch it. It seems like a winter movie. No, it does. But for me, it's it, it just like, what it man, is. when it's 99 fucking degrees outside. I put on the fog. I put on the fog and I drink some hot cocoa. It cools me off a little bit. I put on the fog and I drink some hot cocoa. Your summers are different than ours. So it's probably still true. like 70 when here yeah, it's 110. Well, 120 where I live now, you have to have a summer jacket. Yeah. Here, you have to have your winter short sleeves. No. Okay, let's 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 wrap this motherfucker up. Yep. I, we all love it. Yeah. Some more than others. Yep, yep. Next movie, Friday Thirteenth. Friday Thirteenth. I'm so excited to record. All this right. was amazing, though. Now, this I was very so much fun. Enjoyed this. This was, this was so really fun. really fun to do all live, like together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, it that's... was so. It's funny how different it is because we still do it online, where we see each other's face. It's the same. No, but thing. it is different. But it, it is, is different. odd, and it is awesome. Like. Now we're here. Now we got Josh in person, so we can call him out of shit. Yeah, that's true. Yes, you've been doing that all episode. I don't know know. why. What's because that's what the people want. We have gotten a lot of emails. You mean the person? You mean Michael Sanders? Send me an email and say, "Hey, can you you give Josh more shit?" Podcast could use little brother. Well, Kurt Russell, (laughs) little brother. (laughs) Bone being more of a dick to Josh. If I could get Kurt Russell to come on here, Kurt Russell talk. Come on, get Kurt Russell to come on the podcast with me, so we could tag team you. Oh. I look. You just tag Kurt in. It would just be me and Kurt. (laughs) So yeah, man, it was really. It was really good. Only being uh, what preceded legitly by Psycho and Black Christmas. This movie had 11 totalies, five kills. Made a bundle in the fucking box office. A great 70s movie. Yep, yep. I dig it. Four and a half stars for me. I love it. All right. Um, I guess that's it then, huh? I think so. Five stars for Josh, four stars for me. and then- Four and a half for Daniel. And yeah, five stars for Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. We don't obviously. even have to rate that. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I think I'll give him four and a half just to keep him humble. Yeah. He's going to kick your ass. I know. Yeah, and I'm very upset about There's no that. humble Kurt Russell. Yeah, no, right? All right. That's it, then. Thank you for listening. You can. Ciao. Bye, guys. I shot him six times.